This episode of the JMRK podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Were you at the Unity Barbecue 2.5? Did you have a chance to pick up a copy of the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 on CD? If not, you can head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and pick yourself a copy and hurry up. Those things are going fast. Also, are you following From Within Records on social media? If not, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, and click that follow button so you can stay up to date on all the current news. The CDs are out there. We're just a few weeks out from it being up digitally and pre-orders going up for vinyl. And I'm getting more excited and I can't wait for everyone who hasn't had a chance to listen to the comp yet to hear it. So please look forward to that in just a couple of weeks. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, I tracked down our good friend Tyler Short. We had this one planned for a while. Uh, the buildup towards Black Widow was pretty interesting. And I'm surprised that it actually came out. There's a point in time where uh, I just thought this thing would never come out for a big movie like that um, who had gotten a lot of... Uh, press. Uh, there was already a, a lot of promotional stuff uh, put out for it last year, and for it to get pushed back multiple times, it, it was just super strange to me. And I, re I honestly really thought that there was like some key element to this movie that would uh, have some big reveal for what's to come in this phase of the MCU. But uh, I'll just say that I was a, a little disappointed. But for, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, I, I just want to give fair warning now, and we do it before we even get into the discussion, we talk a lot of spoilers. So at this point, if you haven't had a chance to watch Black Widow, and if you actually care, please just don't listen to this podcast yet, because Tyler and I, we go into the movie um, in pretty good detail. We, we talk about um, our favorite parts and parts we just didn't really like. And we talk about the post-credit scenes because there definitely is a post-credit scenes. This is a Marvel movie that's just uh, normal at this point. So if you haven't had a chance yet, please just hit pause, go watch Black Widow, whether it be in theaters or if you want to get premiere access on Disney Plus, like I did. Um, do that and then come back and listen to this podcast and hear Tyler and I's takes on the movie. It's pretty interesting. And also for anybody out there that's curious, yes, we do talk hardcore. So for anybody who's a fan of constraint or inclination, uh, there's some news uh, tucked away in there. So strap in, enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome Tyler Short to the show. Welcome back to the podcast, Tyler. How's it going? Oh, uh, it's going all good, man. 
dude, this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's a long time coming, but I'm really happy to have you back. And uh, normally, uh, uh, you would be on under like different circumstances, but we had this podcast planned out, uh, you know, circling around uh, the release of uh, this Black Widow movie. So I, I, it's crazy that it's finally out, but I'm, I'm happy that it's out. Uh, we both watched it and I'm stoked that we're here. So what'd you think? Okay, I, I, I just want to preface before we get too deep into it for anybody who's listening. If you haven't seen Black Widow yet, there's going to be a ton of spoilers. So if you don't want to get the mo- the movie ruined or spoiled, uh, just come back after you've watched it. So just just to also, be fair. Also, for anybody listening, disclaimer: I'm like the most positive person about movies. I like everything, so I'm gonna be. If you hated the movie. <laughs> I'm probably going to really piss you off because I probably didn't won't agree with anything negative about it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I, I, I went into it and, you know, trying to put all bias aside and I, I was trying to, um, you know, just watch it objectively and just wanting to, you know, just uh, see what it was all about. Cause, cause you, you think about it, this movie was supposed to come out back in, may 2020 and there was so much like hoopla around it and it kept getting you know pushed back and pushed back and so many people were wondering like why couldn't they have just done this disney plus premiere access early on like what was the holdup and my only like reasoning behind it was like okay there has to be some like key thing to this movie that is gonna like unlock like this uh you know big upcoming thing in this uh you know uh, uh current phase of the MCU, right? And, and then I watched the movie, and we'll, we'll definitely get into it. But I'm just kind of like, I, I watched it, watched the post credit scene, and I was just kind of sitting there, like left, just like scratching my head, like, like I don't see. So any- <laughs> I don't know. I think that post credit scene might have been meant for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, no, I know, I know that. Uh, um, uh, God, what, what fucking. Uh, God, I can't think of Florence Pugh's character right now, uh, Belena or whatever. Um, I know she was supposed to be in the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they had to cut out that scene because Black Widow was going to come out behind it. And her character hadn't been introduced yet. That was, I know she was supposed, so I'm curious if that was the scene that was cut out or if there was something different that she was supposed to have to do with the last uh, episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And they shot this to, I don't know, to like make up for her not being in that. I'm not sure. I, that's, that's something I haven't looked up is, is to see if that was the exact scene that was cut out. But I know that she was supposed to, cause she's our new black widow. Well, okay. I, I think you might be mixed up because I, I, I did some research and uh, this uh, the, the post credit scene of uh, Black Widow was supposed to be her first appearance. And I'm not sure if you remember because it's been a little bit, but there was a post credit scene for Falcon Winter Soldier where she does come out. Oh, you're, we're talk- you're, you're talking about uh, uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus character or whatever. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Okay, so um, yeah, well, I'm, then I'm fucking curious what the fuck uh, Florence Pugh was supposed to do in Falcon and Winter Soldier then because she was supposed to be in it. So I'm really so damn. So that makes it even more like what the, like I feel even more robbed that Black Widow like had to wait so long to come out because 
if that if that wasn't the scene that was she was supposed to be in, God, we're really getting into semantics right now immediately. That's but, fine. Uh, God, I, I just I, I that was my biggest bummer at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier when I found out that because I loved Midsummer mm-hmm. and um she's in a she's in a movie about like wrestling that's really good too where she does like a lot of her own stunts so when when I heard she was like gonna be you know our new Black Widow when I, this is all said and done I was like getting really really excited about that and um and then when I found out after the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier that Oh, Florence Pugh was supposed to be in it, but they cut her out because she hadn't been introduced yet. I was like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? You definitely <laughs> damn, dude. You just blew I, my I mind. Because I can't believe that uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus was supposed to show. I, I figured they must have called her in to do Black Widow after. But if, if she was supposed to show up for the first time at Black Widow and that was planned, then damn, that's crazy that they managed to hide her being in that and Falcon and Winter Soldier. But it, then again, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and I'm going to be honest, I was a, l- a little underwhelmed because there's all this, uh, you know, speculation of, uh, you know, things going a little more galactic. So I was expecting some sort of, you know, galactic reveal or something at the end. Oh, of no, Black dude, Widow. I, w- I wanted it to be this. I wanted it to be a Bourne movie, and that's kind of what it was. Now, okay, now with uh, Val showing up in Black Widow. Oh, and, yeah. Um, oh, and- no. I will say that was that. Well, that was my thing was with that. Uh, that end credit scene was I, I I felt a little underwhelmed with it. And that's why I was sort of curious if that was the scene that got cut out of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, you, yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, what I read was that that was the end credit scene from the very beginning. Okay, you see, so I can, I can, I can, ju- judging, judging, uh, going off of the end credit scene, and that's mm-hmm. the first thing we're going to talk about. I could kind of see that being a little underwhelming, but that was why. And, and I think, like, the reason I, I also, when when I saw that she was driving, I was like, oh shit, because I'd, I'd even looked up and I realized that she's going to be in the entire uh, Hawkeye series. Mm-hmm. Um. Florence Pugh is and um I uh I um so I was like oh shit they're gonna this is gonna be how they're gonna tire they're gonna tire to the Hawkeye series somehow like she's gonna meet Clint or something like that and then when so that that kind of caught me by surprise I'm like holy shit she's gonna be like the fucking bad guy she's gonna be like the adversary in Hawkeye where I, I assumed that she was just gonna like bond over the fact that like they had this connection to Natasha but now it looks like it's going to be like a fucking revenge revenge show or something. Yeah. Is she going to be some like anti-hero? Cause, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Because looking at it, right. So the, the, the two times that we've seen Val, it, it seems like she's recruiting these people and I'm like, okay. Yeah. She's good, like the dark Avengers or whatever. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure like which direction they're going to go. Cause, uh, uh, if, if you look at Val's history, you know, she's you know been part of like a couple different organizations, uh, you know, once known as um, Madame Hydra. Hydra. Yeah. And it's just like, like, I'm curious where they're going to go with her because she seems to be really important if she's popping up, you know, at, at these like you know, two new like, you know, pivotal moments um, in this universe. So I'm, I'm really curious to see like what she's actually planning, because like in the MCU, she's like, you know, working for some sort of branch of the government. 
or or yeah like i don't know i really i'm i'm really curious about that too because her like collecting us agent and now i guess collecting the new black widow um uh which god damn it i i fucking i cannot i i've, I've had her name i i mixed her name and the the other the other widow up um like because helena that was the older one the um which, by the way, dude, she was fucking awesome in the movie too. I, I really, I, I, I loved, I loved the whole, uh, <laughs> the, the goddamn. We're, we're not going through this chronologically at all. But the way she took down the fucking, the, the, you know, the base, the red room or whatever was very fucking funny. Yeah, it, it, it was. Uh... It was awesome seeing that happen, but I, it totally took me by surprise. I'm like, okay, like, I, how can this? Uh, and we are going way out of word, but it's totally fine. But I was like, how can they not find this mysterious red room? But then obviously, oh, because it's floating in the high in the sky, nobody's gonna think to look up there. Yeah, my like, I would uh, like one of my like the only the only criticism of the movie that I could possibly um, that I could possibly see levied against it with any real weight was the villain not having like a huge presence but i don't think the movie was really like i the this like the center of the movie was this whole like family and like really really like i mean essentially natasha was the villain <laughs> of the movie and the whole movie was kind of like a her trying to wash out the the bad shit she's done actually right where you know she's done this whole she spent uh yelena belova that's that's florence Pugh's character um but uh i don't know i i that, that's the only thing i could see like really seriously levied against the movie is like the villain not being like a like as memorable even though he was a real piece of shit um i uh which i don't think that it was the actor's fault at all but the movie just didn't seem too centered around like a big bad villain. It was mostly like just a really shitty circumstance that like Natasha essentially like just didn't clean up her mess that she left. Yeah. And, and they kind of, uh, cause it kind of shows like when she went to go kill, um, why am I drawing a blank on the dude's name? Uh, uh, Drakov and Drakov, yeah, yeah, and then uh, you find out she uh, allegedly smoked his daughter. Yeah, has to his kill his daughter, daughter, and she's like, oh, like collateral damage, and and that is a tough pill to swallow, right? Like uh, killing children, but she was like, oh, it's collateral damage. I wanted to, you know, uh, get out and uh, prove that like I wasn't down for the red room anymore. Um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, like the weakest part of the movie was <laughs> Taskmaster because uh, like me being a, a fan of that character uh, from you know playing ultimate marvel versus capcom and him popping up through the comic books i was just like so excited i'm like oh cool this is so sick I, and this was another reason why i thought this movie was going to be important because i'm like oh maybe this is going to be like an ongoing villain you know like when you look at like um, baron zemo how he he came out in civil yeah. war and then he was in uh, falcon winter soldier so i was like okay cool maybe this is gonna be like an ongoing villain but then you kind of realize, like, holy shit, they kind of just rewrote, like, this whole entire character. And this isn't even, like, really, like, 
any like form of like taskmaster from the comic books which is like fine like i don't expect everything to be like you know 100 from the source material but they just kind of were like all right let me just take this character and just like make up this whole thing about this character and i i just did not like it at all and i saw like some of my friends like praising that they were happy that taskmaster sucked and i'm like i don't understand how, how you could be happy that they just ruined another good character when there is so much potential there i I don't think I, I like subverting expectations in, in a lot of ways. And I like, I'm one of the few people I know who didn't mind the fake Mandarin in Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. Like I actually love Iron Man three. Um, but also like, as of like, from, from like my standpoint of like, just being like looking for the, like, I even like Iron Man two to a certain, like to a, to a pretty good extent. And I can find, things to like about Thor Dark World. But uh which I know some people who are like, no, it's a dog shit movie. Yeah, they're before. pulling their hair out right now hearing you say that. Yeah, well I mean it's definitely the bottom of the barrel. I will say that. But I love the Loki story in that. So that's that gets me through it. Um but like I I don't know. Like I, I like I like when when they can take something and like completely bend it and make it and, and, and make you because my, my big issue in with like DC is that DC doesn't do that. They very much like stick to the source material to like an almost like, fuck, I just know what's going to happen already because I know how this shit goes. Like I know in Batman versus Superman that they're not going to fucking kill each other. Like, I know, like, and I, and I also didn't mind that movie either. Like, I actually liked the director's cut of that movie and didn't think it was a complete waste of time. But I can definitely agree that the way they really released it in theaters was not a good movie. Um, but like, with, with some movies, I really, really hate when like you can like know the, if, especially if you know the characters in and out and you can go in and be like, all right, well, I, I'm pretty much assured that I'm going to figure this movie out. And that Taskmaster reveal, I did not see coming at all. Same here. Because the whole time I thought I was like, all right, like, uh, it's, it's strange. Because I thought it was a dude. Same here. Because the whole time you're thinking like, oh, this is like the Taskmaster. And you're like, all right, it's kind of strange that he hasn't said anything the whole movie. But then when uh, she takes off her mask and you're like, oh, shit, that's the daughter that she tried to kill. And she's all messed up. Like She's I- all fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is kind of fucked up because she just she tried clowning Drakeoff that she killed um, his daughter, but then no, she had, she had to come face to face with that terror. And I'm like, oh, I'm like yeah. that was kind of crazy. He he kind of like uh, forced her hand. It was like, yeah, you didn't do shit to me. Like we're all still here, you idiot. Yeah, so I will. I I, I can like I can definitely see like you like like being disappointed that he couldn't be, or I guess he she <laughs> they. <laughs> That they couldn't be like uh, the Taskmaster couldn't be like a continued presence because obviously like she broke the Taskmaster like ability like at least I mean I'm sure Homegirl could probably still do the mimic shit that she's capable of because of what's been done to her but she's not going to be doing it from a unless you know she becomes more like Taskmaster from the comics and it's just a mercenary who you know hires out her services to to do bad shit. Um, if she's going to be hanging with a bunch of, you know, finding newfound freedom. I mean, who knows? Maybe they will do that. And I, but I feel like Taskmaster might have just been a one and done, 
with the way they did the character in this, which I guess I can definitely see like being disappointed that Taskmaster isn't going to show up more. Yeah, there's there's no way Taskmaster is a really cool tool. Yeah, there's no way that that character of Taskmaster is coming back because I I just assume that they're just going to kind of keep all those characters in um, hiding, which I I uh, I can see maybe them tapping back into it at some point, but you got to think. It the the whole timeline um, and where Black Widow takes place, um, and where the where the movie ends, and then everything that happens after it. It's like wait, like we haven't heard from any of these people, so maybe they might just be you know existing in the universe, but we'll probably never see them again. Because I, I just feel like well, it's so much time has passed, it would be weird, and I don't know how they could bring them back. Versus, except yeah. for Yelena, because obviously we're gonna see her um, hopefully yeah. before the end of the year. Well, and that's the thing. I was kind of like. I was even getting like misdirected for the Hawkeye series in the Black Widow movie where I was starting to be like, like at the end, whenever, you know, she hands her the, the gas or whatever. And it was like, you know, there's still, there's still a bunch of them out there. Like go mm-hmm. find them. And I was like, Oh, this must be what the Hawkeye series is going to be about. Is like, she's going to find Hawkeye and ask for help, you know, because of he helped, he helped her sister and maybe he could help her you know, find these other widows and free them. Maybe that's going to be what, you know, the Hawkeye series is. And along the way, he's going to be, you know, training Kate Bishop or whatever to possibly, you know, just take over for this shit. And, you know, Yelena and, uh, and Kate will be friends. And the, you know, this, maybe this is going to be, you know, part of the young Avengers and whatnot. Um, and then I was like, Oh no, she's just possibly the villain of the series. Like I was like in the movie, like trying to figure out what I think might happen in Hawkeye. And then at the end of the, at the end credits, I was like, Oh, I was wrong. Yeah. You're like, huh? She's like, gonna... maybe that's still going to happen, but at least they're going to be fucking each other up at the beginning. I want to see, uh, Kate Bishop kick her ass. <laughs> Dude. I'm, uh, I had no real feelings about the girl they cast as Kate Bishop. And we watched some fucking teen comedy that she's in that Haley Steinfeld girl and she's funny. She's very funny. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty psyched for, for that. Yeah. I'm and, s- and the I'm fact stoked. that Florence Pugh is going to be in the whole thing. I'm pretty stoked for that one. Yeah. But uh, getting back to black widow, the yeah. ta- <laughs> uh, taskmaster. Yeah. That, that's probably like, um, like the, the, the biggest disappointment for me. Um, and like I said, I, I was watching the movie like objectively, not um, going in with my bias, but but also like watching it, it, it was it was nice to to know what Natasha was doing, you know, when everybody was on the run. So it, it was like a nice like filler, but I was, uh, but I walked away thinking, also thinking like, uh, I I still don't feel like that was like super necessary for all of like, like when you look at the MCU and. Like, I mean, like it was in the to bigger pass picture the torch like it was to pass the torch she was getting too old to keep playing black widow just like fucking chris evans was getting too old to play captain america there was no real organic way to pass the torch along to another like to to another black widow in the scope of an avengers movie and i don't think they wanted to do a whole series about Black Widow like they did for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I know that they had been like 
like there had been so I mean if fans really wanted a Black Widow movie I mean there have been people like hounding Marvel since Iron Man 2 to make a Black Widow movie and then they get all the way to a point where they're like they kill her <laughs> yeah that like I think like I, I think that the Black Widow movie was like at least 40% fan service and, and I think having Taskmaster involved was like even though they did it they did Taskmaster different than than he is in the comics and you know gender swapped and you know made him more of like less less a uh, le- gave the character less agency for their decision making and made him just kind of a um like a weapon x sort of situation um but i uh yeah i'm also i'm really fucking curious because cuz taskmaster i'm i i i'm i'm never i was never completely 100% Taskmaster isn't a isn't a mutant ability, is it? Uh, no, no. He, he was just it's just he it just is that way. Yeah, that's how he was. Yeah. Uh, he was born. So there yeah. was no like so, computers or anything. It was all just natural ability. Yeah. So yeah, I really, I really, um, I just, I, I think, I think the Black Widow movie was mostly fan service, and as a fan, I really enjoyed it because I also. I love movies like that. Like the reason like uh, um, Captain America Winter Soldier is like one of my favorite um, Marvel movies. And it's because it's, it's essentially like a Bond movie. And uh, are, are you speaking like, about, uh, oh, wait, do you mean Civil War or? No, oh. no. The, oh, uh, the, the, the second. Yeah, excuse me. The second. No, yeah. The Winter, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. It, it just felt like a James Bond movie. Like it felt all like like the whole, you know, Hydra controlling shield and all this like, you know, inner agency, like, like jargon shit. Like it really felt like a James Bond movie. So I like, I was like eating that shit up because I was raised on that shit. And then like when I got into my like teen years and I fell in love with the Jason Bourne movies, like the fucking dude, the chase scenes in Black Widow were fucking phenomenal. Some of the CGI was kind of wonky if I'm going to be honest. The CGI for the, the the chase, the the car chase. Yeah, like when the, the, when they're getting to the uh, the the motorcycle, right? When they're in um uh when they went to go back to where Yelena was living, and they're like running, they're getting to the motorcycle, then you see that tank just kind of you know swerve around the corner. I'm like, wow, that looked really bad for the CGI. It just looks so fake. Um, but that was oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I I, I thought the motorcycle chase was sick, mm-hmm. but. I'm trying to think. Are you? I'm, I'm trying to think about that spot because the when the when the tank was going down the alleyway and it was kicking all the cars around, that shit looked good. Yeah, no, yeah. The, I felt like that was the only bad CGI, but I, I just I don't, I don't know why. And like normally, like um, like I can suspend belief and it, it doesn't you know really bother me. And they normally do a really great job, but I just felt like that one particular scene where it, it just swirls around the corner and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. I'm like, ah, oh, that just seemed to look really bad. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. It's like when it first shows up. Yeah, when it okay. Yeah, I can kind of maybe see that. The only the only CGI part that I noticed that was like that that I was because because I mean, dude, I'm just I, I was fucking blown away by by Falcon and Winter Soldier and how they were able to do that shit on a fucking like television show. Mm-hmm. Like High I thought budget. most of that shit looked phenomenal. Yeah. Um. But uh. 
the only CGI that I that I I really picked out at one point, and I was like, huh, I definitely could have made this look somehow more real, especially after, especially knowing this is the studio that created the Mandalorian. Like, I uh, I I've, I've watched all the making of for these things, and I know that like they can do better than this was the, when the jets were taken off with them um, after they were getting taken to the red room and the three jets were flying. Mm-hmm. I was like, that looks like something out of agents of shield and it should look better than that. <laughs> that was the only, like there was, there was really like, I, if I could pick out like one CGI moment in the movie that like took me out for a second, it was watching the three jets flying Okay, at that point. I was like, I feel like that could look better, but you know what? This is this is a this is a ten seconds of, <laughs> of 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 just watching three jets fly next to each other, and uh, that's not worth uh, me uh, burning this movie to the ground over it. But I will uh, I will definitely um, I'll definitely remember to bring this up if uh, if we talk about moments that took me out. That was the moment that took me out. Now, uh, can I tell you about my favorite part of the movie? Because I do have one. It was when uh, Yelena and Natasha were going to break Red Guardian out of the prison. And it was at the point where uh, Natasha was like, oh, shit, I have to go down and help him out. And just her jumping down and that that sequence of her, you know, beating up all the guards and then Red Guardian's just climbing his way up to get to her. I, I saw like that action scene was super awesome. Dude, they made I don't know. I guess they must have put David Harbour on like wires for that shit because like with what he was wearing like you could really see it was him doing some of that climbing mm-hmm. so they had to have put him on some kind of wires because also i mean david harbour like the, the the man is big yeah he's a big dude <laughs> The man is big into like body double somebody and then them also be like physically capable of doing like that's the big thing. Like that was my thing I really enjoyed with with his uh, his scenes was anybody who was going to be his stunt double has to be somebody who isn't in that creative shape. Yeah, to try to match his size, to try to match his size. And he was fucking fantastic in this shit, dude. I. uh yeah, I was I was pretty the um my if 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 we're gonna talk about my favorite part, my favorite part was when uh when Yelena dropped out of the 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 vent and oh. did the, the superhero landing. Yeah. And she's but, like, Ugh. Yeah. She's all <laughs> grossed part, out. That was, that was my favorite cup part because then she cut around that corner and it was it's the scene that's in the in the um in the preview, but the way she like swings around that guy and then like sweeps his leg, mm-hmm. like I'm so stoked to see more of her fighting. Yeah. Because uh, she fights like very different than the way Natasha fights, which I really, I like that because she's shorter. So she fights in like a totally different way. You know, I was surprised at like the lack of Natasha using her guns in the movie. Yeah. I, uh, I noticed that too, but I mean also like who was she going to shoot other widows? Dude, it's dude. She's killing little girls. Those widows. <laughs> I I know, but I mean, but also like when you find out, like, like when you find out that those girls like legitimately had no agency and they were being, like, I don't know. It felt like I don't 
one of the one of the things about the movie that I did really really like was probably like the little like seeding uh, things that they you know like how 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 got how pe- men in power can absolutely assert complete dominance and you know overpower and control um, and how like subjugated women are. <laughs> And how little agency they have for their bodies and their, you know, their lives and how like essentially like drunk, arrogant men are like essentially making all the decisions for women. It's kind of like what's happening in this fucking country. Dude, pardon me. was like, like, oh, and like for all time. But uh, like I, uh, I really, I really did like that about the movie, too. How'd you feel about the? It was like it was like a liquid, but then turned into gas, and that's what broke them out of uh, being mind controlled. I, I was, I, I kind of found that hard to accept when I saw it first happen. Like in the very beginning, like this is what's gonna like you know, to flip that switch. This random gas that you know, got developed. So when that when that first happened, the first time to uh inset yelena free or whatever mm-hmm. that did that i i told uh I, me and ashton were talking about it on the way home um i was like that was the first that was the only thing that bothered me in the movie was how much you had to just take that and move and keep moving with it but then as like when like when homegirl was like knee was fucking sideways and she was you know put like slowly pointing her bites at her head mm-hmm. to blow her goddamn fucking cheek out. Um, I was like, you know what? That was fine. That was totally fine. That was a fine way to explain that because we didn't need to know at that moment that this is the amount of control they were under. But now that they're showing us this, it really, you know, you get the stakes now that where she was just completely fucking like not allowed to make her own decisions. <laughs> And you know what? It's always a fucking gas, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't weird that it was like liquid. Okay. And this is what I was saying too. And maybe this is uh, just me looking too into it, but I was like, all right, the the only times we, we saw it work was when it was, you know, getting, you know, just like smashed and, you know, it, it was like proximity. And I was wondering, I was like, okay. It, and then it turned into gas, but I'm thinking, okay, if they were just going to do it normally, what, is there like an injection or do you have to smash it? Like I was just like you- thinking about it. I also, I'm not sure exactly, but the, one of the things that it reminded me of, um, the way it interacted with them and like, and like hit their eyes and like, you saw it like, like, like kind of like affect their skin. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of the ether, which I fucking call back to fucking the worst Marvel movie, Thor (laughs) Dark World. But it, uh, it reminded me of how like the ether affected people. And I was curious, like at one point I was like, I wonder if this has, I mean, cause it always fucking comes back to the infinity stones fucking everything comes back to the fucking infinity stones and i'm i was curious if like this like the way like setting people free from mind control possibly has something to do with like like opening their eyes to like the actual reality or something because i know that that was the that was the reality stone or whatever and so i was curious like because because of the way it affected them and how it like if, if it, if those things were at all connected, but also it could be, they thought that would look cool and it looked cool before. And also if they did it, 
and it was close enough to something else, maybe some dork like me might think more into it than I should. Like, which oh, is what they love fucking doing with these things. <laughs> there could be a, a correlation. Yeah. No, you, you could be right, but uh, like that's what I was wondering. And I could be right, or also they could have <laughs> just done it so that people fucking do shit like this, like they did with WandaVision. And, look too into it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I just had people just going crazy making up all these fucking theories. And it's like, well, we're just going to go left. Yeah. Well, that's part of the fun. And yeah. One other thing that was puzzling was like, okay, so uh, Yelena gets glitter bombed. She snaps too. Glitter bombed. And then she immediately just cuts out her tracker. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's a weird place to put a tracker. Like, why are they just going to stick it in her thigh? And like, why was I one of her first, like, you know, instincts to do? She's like, all right, cool. I, I, I have control. Like, let me just cut this out. Like, she just murdered like one of her homies and she's just like, Oh, I got to get this tracker out. And like, I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like, like I, I just felt like you had to just like catch on really fast. Cause I was like trying to process all that, all that. And like, you know, it all happened really fast. I'm like, what the hell? Like, all right, I think this is what, Oh yeah. Means. I mean, no, I mean it, you, they, they did that and then you didn't make sense of it until taskmasters already fucked up. Natasha launched her off of a fucking bridge and she's made it back to fucking Budapest. Like, Budapest. You you have no context. Yeah, Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> you have no context for what any of that meant until until that point in the movie. Which you know what I'm. I like. That's that's my thing is with with things like that. Like keep it moving. Things like I I can understand things like that. Like yo, I I fucking I remember listening to one of your episodes and you talked about going and seeing Tenet uh, in theaters. Did you love or hate Tenet? Loved it. Amazing. Love Tenet. Amazing. I thought it was awesome, but also that is a very keep it moving movie. So if you pick, if you're going to pick apart something like that in Black Widow, then you really have to go back and start picking apart Tenet. And Tenet is an absolute let's keep it moving. You'll get it, you'll get it eventually. And I will say dude, second time seeing Tenet, game changer. Dude, there's I I've seen it twice and there's still parts of that movie where I'm not even sure if I'm like, you know, interpreting it right. Cause I'm sitting there trying to like, you know, break down and like, all right, I think this is where we're at. Especially when they're like going backwards, right? You're, you know, when they're doing things and it's like all in like reverse, you're just like, my brain is just trying to make sense of everything. And it was really fun. Um, but maybe it's cause I went into that knowing that I was going to have to like, you know, really pay attention and like shit's going to happen. Yeah. Versus like, you know, I'm watching a Marvel superhero movie where I don't think I have to think that yeah, deep no. about stuff, you know? Dude, my thing though, I watch every movie like I'm watching Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so you're like, you're su- hyper focused for every movie. All right. Dude, I I'm, I'm a fucking flip phone guy, man. I'm not on fucking Twitter or Instagram watching TV. True. Yeah, see, I'm out here like, wasting time. I everything I watch gets my absolute undivided attention. If I have to go to the bathroom, I fucking pause shit. Mm-hmm. If I don't understand what's going on, I go back. Like if I see a movie, if I see a movie in theaters and I go to the bathroom, I try to go see the movie again in theaters and I go to the bathroom at a different time. <laughs> I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. But... Like I remember, I remember going to the bathroom during Spider-Man homecoming mm-hmm. and then coming back and shit was going crazy. And then I went and saw it again and I was like, well, I know when I can't go to the bathroom this time, I've got to be here to know what happened then. Yeah. you got to fill that blank space. So yeah, no, I like I, I can I can totally like see that, but also like with my crazy brain, like 
I, I treat every movie like it needs me to know every single part of it, even if it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I even like even if it's a bad movie, like I want to know every part of it because I want to like at least enjoy how ridiculous something is. Yeah. And um, an- another thing that I wonder about this movie, because I- I- I'm seeing more not so favorable reviews which is totally fine like i, I don't really like I'll, I'll read reviews to kind of get an idea but i always like to go and form my own opinion obviously like i'm never gonna let a review stop me from watching or listening or you know doing something that i'm interested in right um yeah but, but i'm curious if this movie in particular suffered from getting pushed back so far because I, oh, I i, I mean, I, definitely because I, I wonder if it came out when it originally was scheduled and obviously weird times in the world, but I, I'm speaking like, like uh, imagine if uh, COVID didn't happen and we were able to go out to the movies and the, the timeline didn't get jumbled. Uh, would it have been like praised a little more? Because, because uh, uh, there's a lot of hype built around this, right? Cause um, there was so much promotion and then it, obviously it stopped and they're trying to promote it again. And it got pushed back like twice. So I, I'm just curious if, um, you know, some of the negativity is because it came out way later than it was su- supposed to, like, you know, over a year, you know, past. Also, like, like I, I find a, it really, really hard to take, like, I find it really hard to take negative comments on the internet. Um, actually, I find it hard to take any comments on the internet too seriously anymore, mm-hmm. mostly because I, I like seeing like how much, like how many trolls are bots and oh. how much like, especially like how much like criticism gets like levied against like Disney projects in general from like crazy, like right-wing lunatics um, because it's so woke. And so like, you know, all, you know, whatever, whatever crazy like culture warrior things that like these people care about. Like there's, there's one fuck. I can't even think of the name of it. There's this fucking channel that I got like, because, because I watch like nerd shit. And then I also watch like political shit. But then I also will watch like political shit on both sides because I'm a psychopath and I want to I love to watch things that fuel my fucking hatred for people. Um, I got fucking oh, my God, I can't, it was like nerd Rodica or something like that. It was some guy's channel and it, his, his logo is like a like a pair of glasses like taped together. And it's like big incel energy. It's like fucking dude this dude hates Brie Larson more than anyone else on the fucking planet like he thinks she is absolutely like like destroying pop culture and shit and it was or like you know nerd culture or whatever it, it's it's like I've watched a bunch or not a bunch I've watched like three or four of his videos and when I like hear some of the things this guy says I'm like fuck like I hear people say shit like this all the time about things and I don't think they realize what they're saying when they say these things. I don't think they realize how much they're like promoting like an absolute like skewed worldview because they are like so concerned with like, I mean, my, my big thing, like, dude, like I get it. Like, like comic books are like, you know, for nerds and, and, you know, it's, it's a heavily male dominated fucking thing, but like, the idea of like the way some of these guys like convey these viewpoints really shows me that they just have zero like females in like zero female interaction in their entire life. And like, maybe even like, like, I don't know. It just, it really, really, really bothers me 
that like that I that like some of these things get like picked up by like my friends and I'll hear like my friends say things and I'm like, do you know why you're saying that? Do you actually realize like how that kind of like promotes this thing that's really, 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 really damaging to like any women you know? <laughs> True. Like yeah. you're like I get it that it's a that it's a movie and like it you you can have like criticisms of things and I like I mean I have very fucking valid criticisms of the fucking wonder woman movie me too like i think wonder woman 1984 like i watched it kind like enjoyed it and then thought about it <laughs> and, and, I, and the longer i thought about what that movie was really saying i was like i'm i'm pretty bothered by this movie now i like really 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 don't like the message of this movie like dude what what it like it was visually interesting and like some of the action set pieces were cool, mm-hmm. but, but that, but another thing, Wonder Woman 1984 was one of the most watched movies during the pandemic. And that was another movie that I honestly felt suffered from, uh, you know, uh, getting built up with so much hype and then just not really delivering and I'm oh just, yeah yeah so that was a big bummer because i was a fan of the first wonder woman um even yeah, though the first one was awesome yeah i i thought that was like one of the like uh better dc movies and that was unexpected for me because i'm not that big on wonder woman so when i watched that and i either. walked away thinking oh this movie is great so i had high hopes for the second one but then you watch the second one and you're like oh she's like a sexual predator <laughs> and like like the the best part yeah. Yeah, right. You think about that. They kind of just gloss over that that she just like you know, you know, takes this random dude and is just doing all the stuff with him. You're like, that is fucking weird. And if you know, it was just yeah, the weirdest thing. Like, and like my favorite thing about that movie was um, uh, what, what's the actor's name? Uh, Pedro Pascual. Is, is that he? Yeah, pronounced it? he was yeah. the best part. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, the, and, the, and like, yeah, it was just in, in the beginning. In the beginning of Kristen Wiig. Yeah, she, until the end when when she just went on when went full tilt out of nowhere. Yeah, that part sucked. Kristen Wiig was awesome through like the first half of that movie. That movie really took a fucking turn about halfway through. It had an awesome premise too. Yeah, but dude, the message of Wonder Woman 1984 is you shouldn't hope for more. You should just be happy with what you have, which is really which is like a really really like sweet sentiment if you have enough to survive and provide for yourself and be you know happy and healthy but if you don't it's okay to want enough to survive like it's okay to be broke and wish you could just have a farm where you could provide for yourself and the fact that like a farm just pops up in the middle of a city and this guy's got no way to fucking deal with it and we're supposed to look at that like, you see, be careful what you wish for. And it's like, what? Wish to be successful and provide for himself and his family? Like, be careful what you wish for. Fuck you. Like, I really don't think that movie really... Un- and also, dude, the fucking Middle East shit. Yeah, that was... The way they portrayed... Like, that, like... I guess like Iranian guy or whatever mm-hmm. and the, the whole like wall coming up and like, I, I was like, wow, dude, like I had, and I, I semi caped for Gal Gadot as like a, I get it. She was fucking, you know, IDF or whatever, but you know, 
most people don't have much of a choice in, in that and, in, you know, what they do. And when you're raised in an indoctrinated system like that, like I get where you can like, you know, fuck up and, you know, be on the wrong side of history. But then the longer shit goes on where like I realize how fucked up Israel is and how it's always been that way. I'm like, okay, never mind. I can't. And, 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 and on top of that, Gal Gadot, you let, you made this movie. <laughs> like you're fucked up. Yeah, she, she's a strange one. I, I'm not the biggest fan of her um, as a person. I hope I'm using the proper pronoun, uh, but I'm just, yeah. When I look at uh, that actress, I'm like, oh, like, oh I'm not really a, a fan of hers. Uh, I'll, I'll put up with the Wonder Woman movies. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that they can bounce back with whatever third one they come out with next, because I don't think they closed the book on her yet, because she's too popular. Yeah, I mean, I'll still see it. Yeah. I'll still see it just to see if they either swing back or fall further into the abyss. But, like, it's, it's funny, dude. Like, I mean, talk about, like, I usually can find the bright side in everything. Mm-hmm. There are some things that, like, once I find the dark side on it, I can't I can't stop finding more dark shit about it. I was low key pissed. Uh, when did uh, that came out? Was it on Thanksgiving or Christmas? I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, it was like right around Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. Or no, no, it might have been right around Christmas. Yeah, I know it was Christmas because I watched it with my mom at. Uh, I watched. I, I I like watch all these fucking comic book movies with my mom, and me and my girlfriend were. Uh, me and Ashton were watching it. We had my mom over, like probably like the the first time. Yeah, it was the first time she'd ever come to our house. Uh-huh. And we watched it, and it started getting late. My mom was like, well, I'm going to leave. And there was, like, an hour left in the movie. And I was like, shit. I was like, I'm going to have to, like, rewatch this with her at some point. And then, like, five days went by, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to rewatch it with my mom. She doesn't need to know how that movie ended. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> all the best parts of it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I definitely walked away thinking, like, wow, I was so stoked to, like, you know, have this be a part of the holiday and, uh, you know, something different, right? This major, like, comic book <laughs> movie, like, you know, streaming at home. And then, and then I, I finished it. I'm like, damn, what a waste of time. <laughs> a long waste of time, dude. Movie was hella long. Yeah, but yeah, I will say this, dude, about Black Widow. Movie was hell long. Didn't feel like it. Yeah, if I'm gonna be honest, like Black Widow is something that I could watch again. Like I didn't hate it to the point where I'm like, I'll never watch that again. Like it it was, I feel like it was entertaining, uh, more entertaining than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, I think David Harbor had a lot to do with that. Yeah, but but then also it kind of like I was like because I'm not like the biggest Red Guardian fan, so I was like, is this how he really is? Because uh, I've never read like a Red Guardian comic book, so I'm like, man, this just seems like you know the, the big you know uh, you know goofy like uh, superhero. I don't know. I, I just wasn't the biggest fan of his character, um, but it, it was just interesting. You see, though, like when you think about like what Red Guardian was was like an absolute like propaganda piece against the Soviets, uh-huh. like, of course he was going to be a big goofy, like, like, I, I really liked the idea, like all the, I mean, I liked how, um, cause, cause one thing that like, like the more I like learned about like history and whatnot, I realized like how much like anti-communist and anti-Soviet like sentiment was just propaganda. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why the Soviet Union like failed so bad was because it was like, faced with crippling sanctions and, you know, like economic, like, like nobody cooperated economically with Soviets from like any of the developed nations. So like they were like left to like deal with all these like horrible 
like warlords and also like any country that cooperated with them, we would like coup them and then put in a like a like a dictator who wouldn't deal with the Soviet Union. So like we did everything we could to like crush the concept of communism. But that being said, when the Soviet Union fell, the motherfuckers who took control of that area, like all these fucking oligarchs and shit, are complete fucking psychopaths. And they would absolutely imprison some guy who could fucking break them with one hand. Like, but, like I, he was a true believer. <laughs> like, that was my thing. That What I took away was, like, this motherfucker was a true believer. He really believed in the cause of, you know, bringing, like bringing down capitalism and whatnot and of course any motherfucker who you know wanted the whole world to be free would be jailed by some dude who wanted to control the world i was just surprised that he was a narcissist right like he gets out of uh, he gets you know freed by yelena and natasha and he's asking them like oh did they talk about me like while i was locked away for you know whatever 20 some odd years and then they're just like looking at him like you're I'm making this about you like like what the hell like you're crazy and i i, I was like you know dying uh, uh just that fact about that character i was like damn he, he's all about uh you know wanting that admiration and wanting the the red guardian name to to be spread and spoken about you know in the same like you know like league as captain america captain america yeah no and and i i really uh i don't know i i thought that all that shit was really really funny but then at the same time like i really like that opening scene dude that opening scene was one of my favorite like that was like a top 10 like opening sequence for a marvel movie that whole like them escaping on the plane and whatnot loki kind of sad when you realize that it was devastating dude yeah because like the, the obviously uh Natasha, she had a better grasp of what was going on, but Yelena being oh, yeah. like, you know, way younger and uh, actually thinking, um, you know, believing that they're like real family and just not really know what was going on. And, you know, she's out there, you know, she's talking about how she's still hungry and they're you're like, eat this bar. Like, you know, like we got snacks. Like, let's yeah. go. You're just like, damn, like she doesn't know that she's this sleeper agent that has been planted. And, you know, it's like go time. The mission's like, you know, on the move, like we got to go. Yeah, no, dude, I, like, like, all the, like, all, you know, a couple bad CGI moments aside, and, like, whether or not you're on the side of disappointed with Taskmaster or, or interested that they took a turn that you didn't see coming, um, the opening sequence, the sequence where they're having the dinner, uh-huh. and they, you know, before they get taken, um, that whole sequence and the end sequence where they kind of all have, like, it was, it was a very, like, those three scenes, like, really, like, arcing out their, like, reconciliation as a family and whatnot. And, it's, like, essentially, like, Natasha, like, you know, reckoning with the fact that she totally fucking just assumed her, her sister got out and was, was fine. And, you know, it was, you know, hanging out with her cool friends. Like, who the fuck else? Who, who among us has not found another, a, a new group of friends and left one of your childhood, like, whether it's your sibling or like one of your childhood friends to, you know, fend for themselves, essentially, assuming, oh, they probably will find friends too and be fine. And they fall in with, I mean, dude, I've got dead friends because I assumed 
that they would be on a similar track as me and would find something cool that would keep them in line through the years and have a happy life. And they didn't, they fell in with people who absolutely, you know, encourage the worst aspects of their, their brains. And now they either are dead through OD or violence. (laughs) Like, it's I, I don't know I think reconciling with that like I I can I can connect with that this this mm-hmm. idea that like you just assume everything's going to work out because it worked out for you yeah that's so, so true <laughs> yeah so, sometimes I feel like I'm a little uh, cold hearted because um, uh, I'm like I, I've grown accustomed to being okay with you know people kind of like coming and going uh, in my life if that makes sense like what, what, in terms of friendships right I I feel like um uh like uh i'm okay with like you know putting myself first and wanting to to you know like try to do things and not just kind of like fall into this routine because like you know i've like you know had different friend groups where everybody was just content with what we were doing at that moment where like for me i'm just like oh like i want to do other stuff like let's try to branch out and do other stuff and people like weren't down which is like fine you know do what you want to do but um i was just like you know i'm, I'm always just like kind of like moving on like obviously like i have like you know my like like you know best friends shout out nate and johnny um but it's just like uh like when i saw uh natasha yelena uh melina and um uh, Alexi, uh, be able to come back together. I was like, damn. I was like, maybe sometimes, uh, I, maybe I am a little cold hearted and I, I should be a little more forgiving and welcoming people back into my life instead of just, uh, kind of moving on and just, you know, being okay with it. You see, I'm a big pussy and I take everything personally. So, like, when, when I, when I have falling out with people, like, like, unless I'm distracted and I don't notice what's happening mm-hmm. and then, I like eventually will have that moment of realization like, Oh shit, I just totally fucking never see that person anymore. I get really sad. <laughs> so like I, I take, I take those things like, like not like personally, like I'm like offended, like somebody doesn't want anything to do with me anymore. Like, cause I often just assume like, Oh, just life happens and people grow up. I know like, I mean, my, my connection to skateboarding is like a perfect example of that because like you, the more I work, the less, the more I worked and the more I went to shows, the less time I had to go like ride my skateboard. And then, which meant that I didn't see any of the kids that I had connections with because of that. So, and even though I'm skating more now, like I've just kind of found new people to have connections with through skateboarding. And most of the friends that I lost, you know, when I stopped skating, they don't skate anymore. So it's like, damn, there's no way I can even reconcile with those people to like come back together and, you know, have this connection again with them because all of our connections are lost, even the things that like we used to connect over. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fucking softie. So when they, when they, when they came together at the end, dude, I was crying. <laughs> dude. Okay. The, the, the one scene that, uh, that like got me was when, uh, when they all like, you know, were uh, meeting up for the first time after being uh, apart at, um, Melina's house and uh, Natasha's like uh, you know um, going to go get some like weapons and then Melina comes up and th- they're talking you know they're having their dialogue and Melina asks her like oh like like how like how do you still have your heart and you're thinking about it like right like these girls are trained to be heartless no feelings whatever right 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Natasha tells her, oh, because uh, you you said um, your pain only I makes know. you stronger. And then they just and then Melina cuts to Melina and she's getting teary eyed. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, like, what is I this? Know, she'd already called them. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I know, my God. Dude, oh, my God. Just you, you talk. You talking about that scene just now. My eyes are fully fucking watered. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that part got me. And I was just like, oh. yeah, that part. Dude, that part got me, and and when mostly, I mean, also because like coming like coming into that scene, like you were coming right out of uh, Yelena getting up because it was real to her, mm-hmm. and yeah. like you're like really, really like having to face the fact that damn, this girl had literally her entire develop like she was arrested development like straight the fuck up like she just did not was not able to grow up in any sort of real way because where where natasha was like you know targeted and i mean literally targeted like her genetically targeted for it which she is finding out that was fucked up Uh um like the idea that you didn't even like like your family didn't even have a fucking choice in it they're just gonna take you but um like for that for those first few years of of yelena's life she was just a normal kid yeah she was out there just you know playing you know just just growing up right these little like she didn't know any better yeah oh my god dude the little girl who played her was so cute too have you seen uh uh the haunting of hill house i have not seen that she's one of the little girls in in the haunting of hill house and she is a phenomenal little actress dude she rocks gotta check that out um dude highly that that's something to watch twice too okay because uh it's very cool. And then they did a, uh, like a second run, uh-huh. um, of it that is like a different story called the, ha- the haunting of Bly Manor. And I really fucking like that one too. It's like based on that, um, that old, uh, like horror novel, uh, the turning of the screw, I've never um, heard of it. which I tried to, I tried to read it in uh, high school. It was like one of, uh, it was like a sign from like, it was like the last AP class I took in high school before, Cause I was, I was in one, I was in AP English cause I like showed promise in writing, mm-hmm. but I just didn't give a shit. Um, but it was the last AP class I took. So I was in like AP English and then all my other classes were like dumb, dumb kid classes. Um, cause I was all AP the freshman year and I just didn't do that great. And I was like, I need school to be easier because I don't give a shit. I just want to go skateboarding. Um, but in AP English, we tried to read the turning of the screw and the language was just so hard to get through. It was like reading fucking Shakespeare. It was so dated that like I would read the same page over and over again and like not be able to fucking understand. And I was like, can I just get a fucking like slang version of this shit? Like the way real people fucking talk and I can read that. Mm-hmm. Cause like I just, I like literally just gave up reading. And I think that might have been the book that broke me on reading. Interesting. Because I didn't read for years after that. Yeah, if I'm gonna be honest, like the, the majority of my reading, like outside of comic books, is like <laughs> like tweets on the internet. <laughs> well, I've, I, I mean, I want to say I've read like I've read maybe 15 books in my life, okay, like real books, and five of them were Star Wars books. <laughs> oh, those things are pretty thick. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> I uh, I was really bummed when. Uh, when the new uh, new Star Wars trilogy wasn't based on the stories that I read, because 
the stories that I read were like the 30 years past the Yuzan Vong uh, stories, which if you've never looked into that shit, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. What do they call that? Um, that part of Star Wars? Because there's like a the term. expanded universe or whatever. Oh, yeah. The EU, right? Is that for short? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That shit was dope. I, uh, my friend had, and, and the reason I fell out of reading those is my friend had like a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So I was reading them in order and then he did, he was missing one. So then I just stopped reading because that's how things, that, that's how sh- that shit works for me. Like I'm only interested as long as I can just keep going. Yeah. And then if something gets in my way, I'll just move on to the next thing. Now, since you brought up Star Wars, I got to ask you, uh, how do you feel about the movies going forward? Because I feel like uh, it's going to be a while, right, till we get some sort of movie, because obviously they're going to break away from the uh, the Skywalker stuff and they're going to just do something else. Right. Because I'm not the biggest Star yeah, Wars fan. I, I, I can't remember the next thing that I know. I know Kevin Feige's involved in something mm-hmm. and I know Taika Waititi's involved in something. And for a second, the dudes from Game of Thrones were involved in something, but I know that theirs, theirs got scrapped. I also heard Ryan Johnson was possibly getting a shot at something new. I'm one of the very, very pro uh, Last Jedi people. Oh, interesting. Um, and I did like The Rise of Skywalker. Uh-huh. I did cry, but I was pretty mad that they abandoned some of the threads that uh, Ryan Johnson pulled in the last Jedi that I thought were worth exploring. Um, like a lot of the political stuff, <laughs> like the selling weapons to both sides thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I kind of hoped like things like that would be addressed because that's like real applications to the world things. Yeah. And when star Wars, like actually like kind of gets into like, jargon and fucking minutiae like it feels more real to me than you know this whole you know jesus religion stuff which is what a lot of the you know the the jedi stuff kind of tends to to lean towards i mean yeah. fucking han solo is my favorite like my favorite star wars character so like he doesn't subscribe to you know the religions or any of that shit he subscribes to you know a fucking blaster on his hip um but uh i thought ryan johnson started some like pulled some threads that were worth exploring and then jj abrams just abandoned those things to do what everybody would be happy about i did yeah i also don't i don't i don't i don't i don't care to like be like it sucks Mm -hmm. because i still loved it yeah (laughs) fun yeah and wedge antilles it's it's hard to to, to nitpick because we really don't know what you know it was supposed to be like because obviously the, yeah. uh, Abrams wasn't supposed to do the, the third one like originally, nope. uh, but it was like and fi- finding out how much of the uh, the um like I'm not like fucking a RussiaGate person or anything, but okay. like there's no fucking denying the fact that like Russia did a bunch of shit to fuck with the election the fact that like it, even if it wasn't like you know the kremlin or vladimir putin or like the government doing it it was a bunch of fucking hackers just sowing crazy dissent among people but like the test was the last jedi <laughs> like it's like proven that like a lot of what like the rotten tomatoes like effect on the last jedi was russian boss <laughs> like they like found that out they like figured out that it was like a lot of like like fake accounts being made, like 
mm-hmm. repeatedly using algorithms and whatnot to like sway dissent against Star Wars. So like before before Russia decided to see if they could affect our political shit, they were like, I wonder if we can affect Star Wars. And then they did. Yeah. It's like, well, this Which, can work. You know, <laughs> well, and, and I will say like, there's plenty of things to be like, uh, to like the, the, the things to critique about the last Jedi are some of these things that I liked about it though. Like the whole, uh, I can't think of the fucking, the, like the, the goofy part, the goofiest part was the fucking, the horse race part where they run through the casino and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, which that part was like something that everybody says like, Oh, we could have totally done without that. But then, you know, people were being so mean to that, uh, that Asian chick from it. Oh, and, she got, she got destroyed. Which, yeah. Which was horrible, horrible. Like, like the, in that, and that was the thing was like when that was kind of what made me start looking at like the way people were discoursing over nerdy movies mm-hmm. was becoming very, very similar to the way people discourse about like abortion rights and women's rights and gay and transgender rights. And I'm like, Oh, a lot of these people who think these horrible, horrible things about like, you know, civil rights are also the same people who have a lot of issues with like movies changing from being white male driven. So I have to now really examine when I don't like something, why don't I like it? And am I not liking it from a place of, you know, white privilege or from a place of like where I don't feel like the story's all about me, like as a man, like, or do I not like it because it's jarring or because I think it's silly? Mm-hmm. And that whole part is jarring. And the horse fucking race part is silly. But the whole exposure of an actual rich, affluent excess, we've never seen that in Star Wars before. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that we saw a place that wasn't like urbanized to the point of poverty like Coruscant mm-hmm. like Coruscant you see you know is, is was a perfect like it's like Brazil it's like you can see the you know on one side of the you know on one side of the fence is these huge sky rises and then when you get down to the very bottom of the the towers it's you know these divey bars which is you know you know very similar to like you know any cities and whatnot but the idea of seeing like a Dubai style like, you know, affluent gambling town or gambling planet that's like a resort planet where only the wealthy are. And then there's definitely just essentially slave labor to provide for something like that. I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool to show that there's, there are actually like extremely wealthy people in the galaxy who not only do they not give a shit about the fucking war, they're actually making money off of it. And they don't care who wins as long as people just keep fighting and they can keep, you know, eating and gambling and doing their shit. Yes, Which spending so that was money. my thing with with Last Jedi was I was like, well, so one of the things people complain the most about is like one of the things I kind of liked about it, even though I also thought it was silly. Yeah, I, I think that movie had one of the best uh, fight scenes in the Star Wars movie when the throne room. It, yeah, exactly. I thought that was unreal. That was epic. They wood chippered a guy. Yeah. They threw a guy in a wood chipper. <laughs> Insane. Like, that was the most violent thing Star Wars had done up until that point. 
which I was fucking thrilled about. Also, like, people were mad that Snoke died. I did not see that shit coming yeah. until right when it happened. Yeah. I, like, I, I typed Ashton, I went, I typed Ashton, I went, Kylo Ren's about to kill him. <laughs> and she was like, no. And I was like, watch. And then he did. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't like, see. Ugh. Yeah. It, it was surprising, but also I'm like, we only have one more movie left. Like, like we can't make this whole thing about like, you know, Snoke. So I was just like, all right, yeah, kill him. Fine. Let's move forward. You know, we got other shit to take care of. You see, and, and my thing, my, my issue with the rise of Skywalker was like, I did like, like, I mean, I love the Ben Solo arc cause I'm a fucking sucker for redemption. Mm-hmm. Winter soldier is my favorite Marvel character. I'm a sucker for redemption. I love Loki. I'm a sucker for redemption. Like, um, like I love, like I love characters being the bad thing and then coming around and having this nice, awesome fucking like, but I also, after last Jedi, I walked out of that theater and I was like, I hope Ben Solo is just the fucking villain moving forward. I hope he is so bad. I hope he goes so fucking worse. Like I hope he becomes just this big fucking monster. And then whatever the next movie is, is just so far afield from anything I could expect it to do. And then if you, like, after seeing the previews for it, if you to- asked me what do I think is going to happen, I would have said, I think Ben Solo is going to come back around to being a good guy and we're just going to get Return of the Jedi all over again. And then we did. <laughs> yeah, they played it really safe, but... Yeah. You see, I hoped, I hoped they'd fucking risk it. Because mm-hmm. they did it with Last Jedi, but they played it very, very safe. But... They played it safe, and they brought Wedge Antilles back. So I really just could not complain about too much. But, but, but I feel like that's what they did for like, like that whole trilogy. Because obviously, when you're dealing with something like Star Wars, who has like you know this crazy fan base, and you know people like will know everything about like any little thing you do uh, with those characters. So for them to uh, to just play it safe, I was like, man, I, I wish they would have like taken some chances and kind of branched out because. The first movie um, was like a big nostalgia bomb, right? Everybody loved that. It brought a lot of people back. Um, yeah, I mean, killing Han Solo was a risk, though. But also, it, it, I feel like um, I felt like the the original characters had to die to make room for the newer oh, ones. Oh no, for sure, no, for sure. And and I don't think killing Han Solo was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But it was that was that was the most dangerous thing they did. I was just that in a black stormtrooper. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I didn't like that Luke Skywalker uh, committed suicide. I wish he would have got you know slain by, uh, 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 Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Or Kylo Ren. Yeah, Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. Yeah, that, that's what I was searching for. In my brain. It's been a while, but yeah, I, I was hoping he would take down Luke, but didn't happen. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my thing with with that though is that's so similar to Obi Wan getting taken out by Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Like, so I understand, I understood the, the expectations that Ryan Johnson subverted and, um, and I appreciated them and there were, you know, I mean, there were definitely like the fucking Poppins Leia was my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah. That was weird. like that shit did not look good. Mm -hmm. That was my like, and, and that was, and that was really, that was an abrupt force power to uh acknowledge with 
like because my thing is I, I love the the ways that they all expanded on different things that you could do with the force. Mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed that dude. The the fucking um um fuck I'm trying to think in uh in um yeah no it was in uh Rise of Skywalker the fight scene where they're uh they're in each other's minds. Oh yeah, and they're fighting between two places. Best part of the movie. That was that part. It was so cool looking. The way they did it, the way they shot it, it was so fucking cool. I thought like that was fucking masterful. Um, and I really liked that exploration of things, but the way they just had fucking Leia just abil- be able to survive in space and then also just fly her ass back into the ship. Like, I think if they knew, I mean, fucking, you know, rest in fucking power, Carrie Fisher. She was a badass. But if they knew she was going to pass away, I think Leia would have died in Last Jedi. It would have been more impactful. Yeah, they could have. And we wouldn't have, and Luke wouldn't have died. But you can never know. I mean, really, Carrie Fisher fucked things up. Yeah, unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, kind of intentional. She really lived a really, really rough and tumbling life when she was younger. She was definitely not going to live much longer because of all of the cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> Just I've, tons I've, of cocaine. I, I've yet to try it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I told. <laughs> I told pretty much any of my friends uh, that, you know, aren't, uh, that's the one thing I don't want to, I don't want to be around you if you're doing things like that. So, uh, dude, I mean, that, I mean, heroin, that or anything harder. I don't want to see you doing any, that or anything harder. If you're going to go to, if you're going to do something like that, do it in the bathroom. And also if I care enough about your, uh, your future and your, uh, looking like you might be on your way down some sort of path, I might punch you in the fucking nose. Dude. Um, I got tricked into going to a cocaine party a couple of years ago. Oh. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, it was like a work celebration, right? Um, uh, we had like you know achieved some goals. So like, hey, like we're gonna go rent a mansion in Palm Springs. Like, and this is like a small team, right? So they're like, yeah, like we're all gonna stay in this mansion for the weekend. We're gonna have fun, blah blah blah. So I'm like, oh, cool. This is uh, this sounds awesome. So I uh, I drive down because uh, I'm still living in Orange County at the time. So I, I drive down to Palm Springs. And I'm like, I show up like midday, like the first day of like the, the whole weekend of hanging out. And I'm like, you know, I, these are like my bosses, right? That I'm like uh, going to go uh, hang with and also like my, my, my peers. And I, I get into the mansion and like, there's like a ton of like people that I just don't even, that don't even work at the company. I'm like, who the hell are all these people? And there's just like cocaine trays everywhere. And I'm, and like, I'm in shock because I've never been around it before, like before that day. So I was like, oh, okay, let me just kind of see what's going on. And I kind of, you know, go and say what's up to the people that I know. And what threw me over the edge was I would, uh, you know, I had um, pizza and I had set it down to go put my stuff in like this, like way off, like wine cellar to, so nobody would mess with my stuff. And I came back and somebody took a bite out of one of my slices of pizza and just left it. And I felt so violated. I was like, you know what? I was like, I can't do this. This is, uh, this is too much. So I, I, I literally phoned up my buddy, Nate, uh, who uh, lives in, in, the, in the Palm Springs area. I was like, yo, I was like, pick me up. Like, I was like, I'm going to stay at your place tonight. I'm not saying this mansion, there's too much cocaine. There's too many weirdos. Like, I want to get the hell out of here. So Dude, I, fucking, it was like, weird. cocaine people are so annoying too. Like cocaine people are the same people who are like Bitcoin people now. <laughs> like cocaine bros are Bitcoin bros. Like it's just like, oh my God. like you think you're so smart. Like cocaine people are also like libertarians. 
like, okay. like, like most cocaine people like definitely think that like, 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 you know, it's just, just the market just needs to like free up. Like, like if you just look at it, like, like there's just everybody, everybody can totally do it. Like they just, everybody has it. Just, they, they just need to go on. Like, it's like some rise and grind shit. Like some, like get, get this bread shit. Like they think that everybody's born with the same privilege to like, just like hustle, hustle to get it. And it's like, motherfucker, like some people are born fucking broke. If you're doing fucking cocaine enough to like, you can be, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. You obviously were never fucking broke. <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, if you're doing cocaine, like, obviously rent is not an issue for you. So, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, any of my friends, like, I'm I'm like, if you fucking doing cocaine, like, I know y'all are fucking broke. Y'all are too fucking broke to be doing cocaine. And also, that shit's cut with meth for the most part. And that's fucked up. Don't do meth. Yeah. That sounds scary. Like, luckily, I, I don't know anybody who does meth, like, regularly. <laughs> or if oh, they mean, do, all, they don't... All, all, the, all the cocaine in Louisville is, like, cut with meth. That's crazy. So, like, anybody I know who does coke is doing meth. Dope. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Ugh. Um, <laughs> damn, we're fucking way off track for talking about Black Widow, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go, yeah. But this is what we do. This is what we do. It's, when it's we fun. No, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to be talking to you again, but... Yeah, going back to Black Widow, there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Oh, actually, there's like three things I wanted to bring up. And I, I wasn't sure if, if this was a callback, because remember when Natasha, um, towards the end, she was talking to uh, Drakov, and she was like, oh, like, what was my mother's name? And then he kind of describes where her mom was buried. Oh, th- that definitely was where uh, where she took off from. On the plane the 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 tree or whatever mm-hmm. at the end yeah that was definitely the tree okay all right yeah because we have or it was the same type of tree yeah because th- th- there was multiple graves so you're like, oh maybe she actually was buried here yeah no oh, or actually i don't know i don't think i noticed it i didn't notice that if that was the tree but i noticed that tree when she was taking off but yeah you might be right when uh when, because that might have been just like a transition, and I thought it was her taking off from a place, and that was the tree. Mm-hmm. But it might have been the transition coming into, uh, um, no, no, because fucking, I think I think it's where she took off from at the end, when homeboy gave her, uh, gave her her you know fucking badass jet or whatever. I was speaking about the um, the, the post credits where Yelena goes and visits which, her. Uh, I didn't notice that. To me, for some reason, it looked more like autumn, mm-hmm. autumny when uh, in that scene. But I would have to, I would have to like fucking see the movie again <laughs> to remember that. But yeah, no, I definitely did notice the the red blossoms or whatever yeah. of what what he described. Oh, dude, the fucking nose break thing was fucking awesome too. Oh, dude, that was that was, that was brutal. She went crazy because I was like, oh, like, how is she going to, you know, separate her nerves? Has she got like a pill or something that we don't know about? And then she just smashes her face on the desk and you're like, holy shit, she's gone insane. And the way she said, you you didn't hit me hard enough, so I guess I'm going to have to do it myself. Like the fact that you realize that she was trying to goad him into doing it earlier. Mm hmm. And like that's the reason she kept letting him punch him, punch her in the face is she was trying to get him to just do it for her. And that was, and that was when she's teasing him and she's like, God, you're so weak. Yeah. Like, Oh, I loved that. I just love that part so much. And I will say, dude, like be wary of fucking negative reviews for that movie. Cause that is going to bother a lot of fucking misogynists. 
Yeah. That scene is going to trigger so many people that they are going to hate that movie and pick it apart to every degree they possibly can because that scene is not for them. Yeah, they're gonna be like, I could have knocked her out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I could. Yeah, I'm just hearing You know what those dudes now. also do? Cocaine, and you know what they love? Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, what one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie is uh, Natasha's friend. Uh, uh, you know, he goes by Agent or his real name. Oh yeah, he was he was sick. I liked him, dude. And that that was who uh, Ashton for a second thought he was uh, Taskmaster. Okay, she was like, I think that's Taskmaster, and I was like, and then and then at one point I was like, no, it doesn't make sense because he would have known that she had the the fucking the things because because Taskmaster went straight for it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." But yeah. yeah, for like a for like that first scene, she thought it was absolutely him. She's like, "How else would who would else would know she's there?" And it's like he was following the fucking case. That's why. But he came in so clutch when he's like, "You see what uh, like I, I can do if you give me a little bit of time?" And he has the fucking yeah. jet, and you're like, "This dude, this guy is, comes in so clutch." Yeah, no, he was a good character, and I really liked. I mean, like, dude, like I get like. I get how much people like hate like forced representation and all these different things, but I really did love in a movie that's about, you know, the first, the second Marvel movie about the first Marvel female superhero and introduced did only have like a couple male like protagonists. Mm -hmm. Like it only had a couple male allies. It was mostly like a girl, like a girl's girls get it done fucking film, which I do, however, love in the boys when <laughs> when they made fun of the girls get it done shit. I thought that was fucking hilarious because I do hate forced representation. But when it can feel natural and like you're like, oh yeah, she's just got a guy forever. For, she's got a guy for this. Like she in 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 this dude rocks and he's cool and he's not like carrying the story forward, but he's like you know helping her and he feels organic. I'm like. I really do like appreciate when like a movie can get by with like not having to make any sort of like weird representation things feel forced. They can make it feel organic and make it feel honest and genuine. And I thought, I thought Black Widow did a good job with that. Same here. They they didn't do any like intentional shots or any intentional dialogue to kind of point that out. It's just kind of like, that's just how, how it, it, it is like the one. And And it wasn't a white guy too. No, it wasn't. It was just, it's just a black dude. Yeah, didn't didn't have to make a big deal about it. Yeah, and that's like it, that's who the character is in the comic books. They didn't like you know recast him as a white guy or anything. They're yeah. Like, yeah, let's just bring on the actual character. Um, yeah, I, I I really and uh, dude uh, in uh, side to Falcon and Winter Soldier, the kid who's going to be the new Falcon, being you know like they actually cast like a a, a Latinx kid to be that character because he is <laughs> and like mm-hmm. i really just i don't know i'm really appreciating the fact that they're like not not doing anything like any of this like forced representation things they're actually finding real characters that like are that and introducing them and not feeling the need to like race swap or gender swap everybody just to accomplish a goal yeah to just check those boxes that is the, that's the fuel that these psychos use to like try to break these things apart mm-hmm 
and honestly and ignore the merit of the storytelling and but w- when companies do that kind of thing it, it's it's so obvious and like I, I get that they they're they're trying to be inclusive but it just doesn't come off as genuine because it's just like no you i think we think you're doing that just to uh you know check these boxes and uh, show that you actually care but it's like no you, you could just do it in like a way better you know uh way instead of you know making it so obvious if that makes sense yeah i mean oh well, that was one of the things with the like the that with Iron Man three that pissed a lot of people off was the like part of the reason why they didn't do the legit Mandarin was because they wanted the movie to go to China and then China still denied the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, that's why they um uh China I'm I'm trying to think of uh, Homegirl from Doctor Strange. Uh, they had they cast. Oh a- yeah, that too. Yeah, uh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda yeah. Swinton. They they replaced. Uh, her is the ancient one and China still uh, denied the movie which dude Doctor Strange fucking loved it Rachel McAdams fucking wasted in that movie dude dude I, I wanted her so bad to be the night nurse um, but oh that would have been awesome but yeah I, I love her as an actress too by the dude, way dude me too I think she's phenomenal and I'm hoping she'll have like more to do holy shit sorry if you can hear like it is I'm standing on my porch right now and it is pouring down rain right now so i hope this doesn't fuck up the sound at all i I Um, honestly can't hear it so you're good okay good um but yeah no uh hopefully they do more with her in the second doctor strange because like legit like at the end of the first movie i I, like walking out i was like well why the fuck was rachel mcadams in this movie like they could have cast anybody to do nothing yeah (laughs) like wait you fucking you cast rachel mcadams like she's a tour to fucking force and you had her just kind of like be there in the room a couple times like come on like i get that the movie wasn't about her but like no women were in the room when this movie was written (laughs) yeah and plus that was like his homie she she you know was with him when he was like recovering you know yeah 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 it could have been this meaningful fucking like journey for him through you know being an arrogant asshole to being you know the sorcerer supreme and then and she could have played a part in making him a human being. Yeah. But they did fucking nail Mordo. I fucking loved, uh, she was tell edgy for or whatever. That dude fucking rocks. And I'm really stoked for whenever he starts being a, a menace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the only negative thing I can say about Dr. Strange is I didn't like the way they portrayed Doramu. Uh, Doramu. Yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. hoping that's not the only time we see him. Yeah, I think, well, I think they showed briefly his dimension in uh, in Endgame or Ant-Man and the Wasp. I can't remember which one it was. When they're, like, traveling through the quantum, like, realm or whatever, mm-hmm. they showed Dormammu's dimension at one point in one of those movies. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see more Dormammu. I mean, honestly, like, another character that was wasted, like, uh, Cassilius or whatever, um, fucking Mads Mikkelsen playing him, mm-hmm. like, they could have made him worse. Yeah, I agree. they could have showed him killing more people. <laughs> like that's pretty much my 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 uh, my complaint in a lot of Marvel movies is the villain could have been shown killing more people. Yeah, but somebody who I, I feel like has uh, been around for a really long time, which I'm waiting and curious if they would ever do this, is um uh, uh the actor William Hurt. He played General Ross. Oh yeah. No, dude, Thunderbolts is apparently on the way, and we're going to see he's going to become the Red Hulk. Dude, he's been General Ross going all the way back to Ed Norton's Hulk. 
Yeah, I know. Dude, that's insane. He's the insane. only character that survived that movie. Insane, dude. So I, I well, until until uh, do you see the Shang Chi trailer with uh, Abomination? Mm-hmm. That looks sick. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, he's he's coming back, but he's uh, uh, Emil Blonsky or whatever, fucking um, Tim Roth. Apparently, it's I think Tim Roth's coming back for uh, the um, the She Hulk series, and then I guess he's going to be in fucking Shang Chi as well. Which I'm curious how he ends up in that tournament. Yeah, I, I'm actually um, uh, I I wasn't too keen on Shang Chi when it first got announced, but I've definitely come around and I'm really stoked for it. I'm less stoked than I was at first when I thought it was really just going to be a martial arts movie, mm-hmm. like through and through. And then seeing the trailers and seeing like the ten rings and the way the ten rings are like all CGI'd out and working, I was like a little bit bummed out that, that it's looking like more like like I was hoping I was hoping for like a really grounded martial arts movie. Okay, and like when. In the, the Ten Rings, I was hoping if the Ten Rings were a thing, it was going to be still done in like more of a like a practical effects way, rather than relying so heavily. I mean, I do think they look cool, like yeah. the way they like drop on and off of your arms and whatnot. I think that does look cool, and I mean, I'm going to see it, and I'm pretty stoked. There's they're going to be a fucking dragon in it, like that's cool. Yeah, um, and uh, I love that. Uh, uh, Wong makes an appearance. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he's getting his ass beat, but he's making an appearance. <laughs> I, I, I just love um, that they're utilizing these, like, you know, like these, like, sidekicks, right? Instead of yeah, just keeping them. The people they can afford to. <laughs> Please. The reason you cast these guys in these roles is because you don't have to pay them very much to do it. So put them all over the place. <laughs> like, uh, come on. I, I do think it's interesting that you bring up, uh, uh, you know, pay because uh, I'm not sure we saw that article where Kevin Feige came out and said that they're shying away from doing these long-term movie contracts going forward. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's going to be like uh, more like you know one-offs. Like, okay, like let's do this movie and see how it goes, and we'll go from there. Because I, I think they're kind of done, uh, you know, with all these, uh, you know, with the Robert Downey Juniors, the Chris Evans. Uh, well, they're also kind of showing that they can do movies based on fucking anybody and people will go see them. True. Yeah. I feel like they have such a good track record that they can't afford to do that because, because you gotta think well, they, they haven't really stumbled since they started this yeah, MCU. You, you also got to remember when they started this thing, the act they needed the actors to sign on, and now the actors need Marvel. True, because like the the power has shifted. Like it used to be, like we need Chris Evans to guarantee that he'll be in nine films, so that we can make sure he can be in nine films. And then now it's like they're, you know, they've got fucking Anthony Mackie, and I mean before fucking Falcon, Anthony Mackie was a good actor. I mean he's in a bunch of like awesome movies, but eight, he wasn't in anything that was like fucking making all of his fucking money. What'd mm-hmm. you say? No, Eight Mile. Oh yeah, he was an eight mile. That, I forget he was an eight mile. Yeah, um, Papa Doc. The first thing I really remember being like, uh, like aware of him in, to the point where I was like, oh, I now know this actor was Pain and Gain. Okay. That was the first movie where I like actually connected like Anthony Mackie, and then the next time I saw him, I was like, oh, that's Anthony Mackie. I remember him from Pain and Gain. Like, and then I go through like all these old movies, and I'm like, oh shit, Anthony Mackie was in this. I just didn't notice then because he wasn't as like crucial a character. Yeah, but now he's putting in work, and now he's like one of the you know top movie stars. Oh yeah, dude, he fucking crushes it. Um, 
Dude, how like how sick was fucking Winter Soldier, man? I think that is my favorite Disney Plus series at this point. Oh yeah. I'm uh I'm thoroughly enjoying Loki, but like dude, I mean talk about fucking representation, but like as a fucking white guy, um the speech Falcon gives at the end of those politicians, mm-hmm. like I've never like my my ideas of the world have never felt more represented in any superhero movie than the shit that he says to those politicians at the end of the movie. Like there's that they need to do better by the people and shit. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm crying right now because I just wish this would happen in real life so bad. Yeah. It's sad that like, it's like, you know, this like truth is being spoken in uh, a a fictional TV show, but like, no, this directly applies to real life. Like why can't people understand Dude, and I, I just, I loved Carly Morgenthau, man. I thought she was so sick. Mm-hmm. I identified so hard with the Flag Smashers. I thought they were just, just so fucking awesome. I thought, like, until they started killing people, innocent people. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were... That was the point when they really lost me. But uh, all the way up until that point, I was like, yeah, yes, steal, steal the rich, like steal, steal the fucking the supplies and give them to all the fucking. All, all the people who need it most, like that's Robin Hood, dude. That shit, yeah. it's fucking Robin Hood, dude. Come on, um, yeah, I really like that. Are you are you digging Loki so far? Uh, okay, Loki is fine. I I, I like Loki, um, but uh, I, I'm really curious because I'm um, obviously uh, next week's the last episode uh, of this season. They're already signed on for season two, but I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm like looking at this uh, and I'm like watching. And I'm like, it, it's I, I feel like this is kind of um prepping everybody for the like all the weird time stuff that's going to be coming up right because you think about the, oh, yeah. the next ant-man for movie sure. and obviously we had it in um endgame uh and people were like all right that's cool but i think with loki they're kind of showing you how crazy things can and probably are going to get going forward with all the different timelines and these variants oh and yeah you see I mean, all these different Lokis. testing the waters for yeah. what they can get away with right now yeah and i i honestly i feel like they're doing a good job with the show it's not getting you know too crazy with the the time skipping and the different um timelines um i, I do enjoy the the whole tva um, and then also um uh like you know uh, tva they're like you know uh like obviously you think about like where it's like located and like uh, you know probably in, in, in the quantum realm and how it's like yeah just like the whole like um the whole aspect of dealing with uh you know time like timelines i'm like all right this is definitely like prepping all of us for what's to come that's what i feel like and that's why i'm curious what they're going to do or you know obviously like how season two is going to progress because obviously um we kind of have an idea of like where this is going um for next week so it's interesting i i I like uh, it um I, I've I've seen a lot of people talking. They think that Kang the Conqueror is going to get introduced in Loki because they got that Jonathan Majors guy playing him. Uh, which have you seen Lovecraft Country yet? I have not. Like I I, I, I heard so many good things about it, but then I, I but then I read it got canceled. So I'm like, should I even invest my time? So it just well, it, did it get canceled? Yeah. It's kind of self-contained. It kind of only needed to go one season. Okay. Okay. Like the way it ends, it's like, I guess they could keep this going, but really they just kind of ended the story for some of these people. Like if the, if the, they were going to do another season, it would almost not include a lot of the main characters. 
Interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. There's complete resolution with like most of the characters sans like one or two that could have continued to have some sort of a story. Dude, highly fucking recommend it. Homegirl, the guard and Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, like the, the one who, who's been enlightened. Um, she's in it. She's fucking awesome in it. And then the kid, the guy who got uh, playing King, the conqueror is the main character in it. And it's, fucking phenomenal dude it's awesome if you're if you're grossed out by like body horror shit be fucking prepared because almost every episode has some body horror but like there's like i mean dude there's like episodes that are like indiana jones there's episodes that are like straight horror Mm -hmm. there's episodes that are like ghosts and like specters it's like the show is fucking all over the place there's there's sci-fi episodes there's time travel episodes like the show literally does every fantasy thing. That's awesome. I, I love it's time travel. So stuff. cool. It's so fucking cool. It's so it does. Oh, and it does like like spooky legends. Like there's this like there's this like, oh, dude. Oh, my God. You're like a big fucking like like K-pop uh, head. You should watch it because they do. A, there's like a whole section of the show that takes place in like Korea around the Korean War. Uh-huh. Okay. And it deals with like a Korean folklore thing. Cause we had to like look it up because we we're like, this is too specific. And we looked it up and it was like legit like a like a Korean like 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 scary story. Um that they have a whole episode based on that and it's awesome. Um and uh did you ever watch that uh that X Men show on Fox, The Gifted? Never watched it. It's honestly pretty fucking sick. Um it's got Homeboy from True Blood in it and uh um, I say it's got a few other people in it, but the girl who plays uh, Blink in in The Gifted, she's in uh, Lovecraft Country too, and she she rocks in it. It's real fucking cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, I got off the t- off the subject of Loki real hard. But um, but yeah, I, I've I've heard a lot of people thinking that Kang the Conqueror is going to show up, but also so many people thought like fucking like Mephesto was going to show up in fucking WandaVision and mm-hmm. we're just disappointed. So I'm like, not getting my hopes up. I'm just enjoying Sylvie. <laughs> yeah. No, she's awesome. I, 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 she I, might be my favorite Marvel character right now, honestly. She, 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 she doesn't grow on me. And I'm trying to figure out where I saw that um, she was in the show because obviously in like the first couple episodes where, or like the first episode where Loki is just like hooded and you're like, Oh, like why is he, mm-hmm. he hooded? And then when they do the reveal, I'm like, why does why am I not surprised? I, I felt like I knew that before yeah, I watched the no, show. I was shocked. I was shocked. Cause also I knew they were going to do girl Loki. Uh-huh. I knew they were going to do girl Loki. I just didn't know they were going to do it that fast. Yeah. It's like second episode. You see her like right there. I thought we were going to get girl Loki when we get all the Lokis. I didn't realize that girl Loki was going to be a major driver of the story. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. And then also dude, like I was, I was pretty into her. Like I thought she's badass. I love how violent she is and how like quick she is to take somebody to task. And, uh, but then when you see like her get the, the way she got taken when she was just a little fucking kid. Yeah. And then they kind of explain like how she just hid in up like different civilizations and her whole fucking life like her whole like she was raised in the end of the world horrifying yeah she's like i'm just like i I wonder how i would do in those kinds of situations yeah 
you'd be lucky to be as well adjusted as she is. <laughs> but yeah, I was. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty stoked on on on, on the way. And also, like we're we're like just we keep taking it back, just like in awe of the design of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like. I, I feel like with. Uh, I'm not sure if this is how it's actually going, but I feel like. With every new Disney Plus show we're getting, I feel like they they keep raising the bar in like oh, quality, yeah. the the aesthetic. Yeah. So, and I'm like, it, it gives me high hopes because uh, I'm like, I, this is because obviously when we had the Marvel Netflix, right? Daredevil set the bar, and you're like, all right, like that. Oh, this yeah. is you know this is what it's going to be like, and then you know, shit kept going. Obviously, Iron Fist, Defenders, probably like the low points, but um, but if you look at like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Punishers, like dude, this it was insane. So I'm hoping that's so like the ongoing trend with these Disney Plus shows. So I'm the outlier in in every positive thing always i liked iron fist <laughs> i'm i enjoyed it because i'm a huge iron fist fan and obviously like um uh, what was it uh, so season one came out and there was like the big issue oh finn jones didn't have enough time to train martial arts and then when yeah. they, when they put out defenders like i think like we like the opening scene is finn jones is um you know iron fist beating up people showing off his martial arts i'm like okay cool like th this is i feel like this is them kind of being like here audience like this is what he can do when he actually has time to train and i felt like season uh season three or season two of iron fist i'm trying to think it was going to be season three, right? When season two, yeah, that season three got canceled. Yeah, um, I felt like where they were going with season three, um, you know, when they're going to go overseas, and then we were going to see, you know, Iron Fist with the the, the pistols, the six shooters. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm like, this this has potential. Like, obviously, like they stumbled in the beginning, but give them a chance to to, to grow, right? Um, Dude, my uh, well, first season Iron Fist, I fell in love with Ward. Oh, he's such a complicated dude, right? Oh my God. He was just dude, the whole like addiction story and like, and like him, like really, really, really like, like dude, it just, that dude fucking owns shit though. Have you seen Ozark yet? Yes. Great. Holy shit, dude. Great show. I will watch anything that actor is in after Iron Fist and Ozark. I will watch anything he does. Mm -hmm. He is fucking phenomenal. But uh, first season of of uh, Iron Fist, like he really like carried the show for me. Like I really, really, really connected with his character and really, which is funny because I mean I've never been, had a drug problem, but uh, uh, but I've got other problems, so I understand you know not being able to fucking cope with shit. Um, but uh, um, like he he really carried me through that, and then I really loved. Uh, typhoid mary in season two yeah great i thought she was fucking phenomenal and the girl they cast for her i thought was fucking awesome too um i was kind of let down by uh the last season of jessica jones a little bit yeah. i thought it had like way more potential than it ended with but uh yeah and i'm, and I'm pretty bummed that luke cage never got a third shot dude i really liked the second season of luke cage i thought bushmaster was an incredible villain the, but the, the way that it ended and you see luke up in the club and you're like wait is he yeah. gonna be some becoming like coming the villain yeah you're like, are we gonna see him turn is he gonna have to like you know there's gonna be some like inner struggle uh, yeah it, it had so much promise i also loved how luke cage did music in the show oh you're, you're like, about, like, I, uh, with, with all the hip-hop 
Yeah. Well, also um, like that Gary Clark Jr. set that is in one of them. Like that's how I found out about Gary Clark Jr. Okay. And like yeah. I fucking love him because like from that like from that point, like I'm like. I listen to all of his records and love all of his records. And I really love that. I love when shows can find a way to like, like do, Oh, we fin- we finished the OC eventually. Oh, um, awesome. Um, I loved it, dude. I cried so hard at the end. Dude. I, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, like one of the, the later episodes where, um, the Ryan and, uh, why can't I think of her name? They, they fall off the ladder. Taylor. Yeah. Taylor Townsend. Taylor. Yeah. Taylor Townsend. Yeah. They, they, they fall off the ladder and end up in like a parallel universe. It was an incredible episode, dude. Oh, but when Ryan's it going to so... the airport and he's just like, I got to see her. He's going, going to look for Marissa. And you're just like, yeah. Oh God, he can't let her go. He like, like loves that girl. Dude. Uh, also, um, I fucking the other day, like last week I re-listened to, um, the last time we talked, mm-hmm. like just to skim through it and make sure we don't talk about anything. I like, I don't, I just don't like repeating the same shit. Um, but when we were talking about the OC, I was like, definitely don't give it away. if like anybody dies or anything. <laughs> Dude, I wanted to tell you so bad. Dude, I had no fucking idea that she died. But me and me and Ashton were like, this can't be real, right? Yeah, but you know what's crazy is they wrote her off the show because she was like such like a prima donna and causing problems on set. So they're like, all right, fuck you. Really? Yeah, we're they're like we're gonna kill off your character. Yeah, that's why. It felt abrupt. It it wasn't like that. Wasn't the like initial plan? Like she was supposed to you know be like a mainstay, like you know like Summer. and seth but it's like nope like you're like fine we're like, we're gonna kill you off bye like fuck off misha barton um damn dude they really fucking oof, they really fucking killed her off abruptly man it was i was oof. um but yeah but also i really liked taylor townsend i really liked her character she she grew on me she, she definitely grew on me yeah her and ryan were fantastic together i uh I really, really enjoyed that. But uh, fucking the the point of me bringing up the OC was I really liked the way the OC blended music and in uh, television as well. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the Killers played, uh, and, dude. Dude, the Killers played. Dude, the fucked up thing is I got into the Killers like three weeks before we watched the episode, or no, maybe maybe even just a week before. Okay. So I had I had kind of I mean I knew Mr. Brightside. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how many songs off that record just play at my Kroger and I knew them already. You're like, why is it so familiar? Yeah. Like, no, I was listening. I I was like, okay, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to give, you know, fuck, I can't think of the name of the record right now, but that first killer's record, I was like, I'm going to give that record like a real shot and like actually listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I listened to the first song and I was like, Oh, this is fine. And then I think Mr. Brightside, the second song. And then, the third song came on. And I was like, I know this song. And the fourth song came on. I was like, I know this song. And uh, one of the things that put me into it was I listened to a podcast and they played uh, all these things I've done at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. The I'm not a soldier uh, or uh, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier like that part. They like played that part of that song. And I was like, holy shit, I think this is the killers. And I like had Ashton Shazam it whenever I got home from work and, uh, and I was like, fuck, I got to listen to this because that, that part of that song is so catchy. And I started listening to the Killers. And then literally like five days later, we're, we're watching that season of the OC and the Killers are on the OC. And I was like, this is fucking so kismet. I fucking can't handle this shit. It's wild. Um, That's yeah, part of the reason I started listening to the Killers in general was because uh, 
I really like that new Citizen record. Okay, great band. And I've ne- I've never liked Citizen before. Interesting. Why? Like, um, I just it's just never done it for me. Mm-hmm. I've been friends with Jake forever since like Freedom days. Okay. And uh, and like I've I've seen Citizen. It's just always kind of bored me. And then I started hearing like, oh, the new Citizen record. Like, it sounds like the Killers. Blah blah. It's really fucking good. It's really fucking worth listening to. Uh, like if you have if you don't like Citizen, you should at least check this out. And uh, like I think they were talking about an axe to grind, and they and they like made those connections and like those comparisons. And I was like, well, fuck. I was like, I, I think I like the Killers, or at least I like that. I like Mr. Brightside. So like the reason I gave the Killers a real shot is because I really liked the Citizen record, and the reason I gave Citizen a shot is because I thought I might like the Killers. So maybe I like Citizen. And that new record is fucking awesome. I bought it. I literally like I've never I would I've, I've never thought I would ever like that band and mm-hmm. I like bought that record and the Fiddlehead record whenever uh whenever I pre-ordered the Fiddlehead record I was like I was like I'm gonna fucking buy the Citizen record because I really fucking want it on vinyl now. Um, there's a song on that record that sounds like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I, I feel like they always like kind of uh, push the bar with their sound, which I I, I like. I, I I love hearing that out of bands and just them being creative with their sound. And I you know it seems like they're not afraid to take chances. And I, well, I, when I, you're that kind of band, you can't. Is the thing. You think when you're a band that like sits like outside of hardcore, but within the realm that like you know hardcore kids and like alternative kids can connect to it like Mm -hmm. you can take risks like that and at least like test the waters and see what's up and i think like the risk paid off (laughs) i just feel like because they got me and i never thought i would connect with citizen i i just look at bands like uh you know obviously citizen i feel like they're always progressing but then i look at a band like angel dust right if you look at like the first angel dust record to the one that just came out you're like oh cool this is a band that wants to experiment with their sound and I, I feel like they're not afraid to, to you know to do that. And um, obviously th- th- they have gotten some backlash, but uh, it seems like a lot of people are you know growing with their change and liking it. So I'm like, yeah, I feel like more bands um, should try if that's what they're trying to do, if that makes sense. Because I, I just feel like like, like, you know, we don't get too many bands that um, kind of experiment and progress their sound with each record because like a lot of times we'll get like a couple of records that sound like and not, like you know kind of similar then they just break up and then they move on and they start another band and same thing uh well so. as far as angel dust goes to like uh i um like every every record well the first record had to grow on me because i really didn't know how i felt about it at first like mm-hmm. i think that slam song was the first song i heard okay and i like i was like I, like because there was like a music video for it and i like kind of recoiled because I mean, I'm so used, I was so used to Trapped in Rice at the time, and I was used to like some of the other bands. Like I think they were already doing uh, uh, some of them were already doing Diamond mm-hmm. on the side and Turnstile. So like I True. knew like the other those bands, and I was like, oh cool, so I'll give this band a, cha- a shot. And I listened to it, and I was like, oh, I, don't know. I was like, I like Faith No More. I kind of I feel like that's that's what they're naming it after, but I don't really know if I like this. And then when the whole record came out, I like listened to it as like a whole piece. And I like got through the whole thing and I was like, damn slam in the context of the whole record didn't bother me at all. <laughs> um, and then when AD came out, I was like in the bag for him. And then I feel like rock the fuck on forever, whatever was like, kind of like, you know, like, ah, this, you know, another angel list record. It's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. The few songs stick out and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm into it. It's, it's the, the record bops for sure. And then when I heard pretty buff, there's definitely some songs that I think were like phoned in like uh um 
lyrically wise in, in a little bit of uh, a way like 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 almost like overly simplistic but at the same time like i love everclear and i love like 90s alternative mm-hmm. so when like listening to that record as a whole i'm like well fuck like this this just reminds me of like that era of like 90s like pop like alternative rock and i can totally get on board with this shit and then also like i recent like in the last year got into the lemonheads which i wish somebody had told me if i like dinosaur junior i would like the lemonheads um because i've been listening to lemonheads a lot and angel dust makes a lot more sense in the context of listening to the lemonheads and hearing like oh okay i got you so this is a this is the lemonheads resurgence hitting through angel dust um which is you know sick i mean anytime somebody can pull something back before anybody else can like be the root of a resurgence or something it's a it's always it's always sicker than you know the fifth band to reach for the current resurgence because then now they're being influenced by their contemporaries which is watering down the well even more it's like eventually like after like five or six bands like hop on a new style it's like all right well let's move on to the next thing now and you guys stay here but you know do your thing but the next band needs to do something else (laughs) Yeah, no, I I, t- I totally feel that because uh, you, you definitely want to be like you know ahead of like the wave, but uh, but also you don't really know what the wave's going to be till it's like you know kind of already happening. So yeah, um, and saying some bands don't know that they're you know some bands don't realize they're even on top of the wave until you know your fucking turnstile. Dude, that band is insane. I love that. Yeah, band. I'm really excited for what their new record's going to be. Yeah, and I, I love that that, that um, video they put together with like the, the you know it's like the three different music videos and yeah, it's very weird, but it's very cool. Yeah, I was just like, yes, I like the creativity. I, I like seeing more from bands, and especially with a band of that caliber, right? They're one of those bands that are breaking out of like the hardcore sphere, playing these like insane yeah. festivals on a bigger label. Um, you know, I'm also one of those bands that's like experimenting with their sound, but uh, you know, still staying true to their roots, and I, I just love that band. Yeah, no, they're, they're fucking awesome, dude. I, uh, I say ever since the fucking three song demo, I've been, I've been uh, on the, in the bag for turnstile. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking time and space didn't really catch me first time around. I definitely liked a few songs, mm-hmm. but it's been like on my list of like a need to revisit and like actually like both headphones listen to and like really like suss out like what, what about it? I, cause I think like some of like, some of the things around that time period, I felt like time and space and um, like rock the fuck on forever and the new TUI record all kind of blended together into sounding like the same band to me at like at first. Mm-hmm. And I've never really gone back and like revisited those records. So like, well, except for the angel dust record because I liked what it was doing. And then I felt like the TUI record was too similar to that. And then I felt like the Turnstar record was too similar to that. And I was like, hey, these used to be three bands. They should have stayed three bands. I didn't need, I didn't need three different versions of, of this. But I mean, also like you get older and I guess, I mean, you don't want to keep playing the same fucking either. Like, I mean, I can never see getting it, getting old writing Turnstile songs, but as far as TUI goes, I could see like, you're not really feeling like writing songs for kids to actually fucking murder each other too anymore 
I honestly felt like we're actually murdering each other at shows at one point. I felt like uh, Trapped in Rice could have been that band that broke out of like the hardcore sphere because obviously they were doing a lot when they were active, right? Um, obviously they're. Um, it's been four, and it, it is crazy for me to think about that. It's been four years since Heatwave came out, the last record. I'm like, dude, they they haven't put anything out in four years. This is blowing my mind right now. Well, they did. Uh, I was trying to think. Well, they did. I know they did one of those uh, America's Hardcore comps. I think um, that might have come out after Heatwave, and I remember liking that song, and then that making me think like, fuck, I need to revisit Heatwave and see if like. I hear it differently because I might have just been, I mean, dude, sometimes you're just like, like, I mean, it happened with me with have heart. Like at the point when songs of scream at the sun came out, like I had already like been like a high, uh, like a half heart diehard mm-hmm. for so long that like by the time that came out and it was such a shift in like their music sound and whatnot, I was like, Oh, you know what? My, 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 my tenure serving in the half heart army has come to an end. And now I, it's time for me to cycle out in the new, the new recruits to, you know, cycle in. And that's how I feel. I feel like I like, like I fall back into that like headspace of like my, Oh, my, my time serving in the pit and stage dive team for this, uh, this group has now come to an end and it's time for me to like get the fuck out of the way and let the new group come in. And that I think influences my, uh, my reception of the record. And now that I'm getting older and I'm like, God, dude, I'm going to be lucky to be able to stage diver mosh period anymore. So I should probably find as much enjoyment in everything that's out there. Um, I'm trying to like revisit some certain things that I may have judged in like a, a way of protecting myself in a way Mm -hmm. (laughs) because just, I just can't be out there like I used to be, but like I want to be still. Um, So I feel like there's like certain bands that like, I almost like, like i'll like dig and i'll like seeing them but it's like hard for me to like actually like fall in love and like connect with it on a on a level that makes me want to go crazy just out of like a self-preservation instinct knowing how dangerous it is (laughs) yeah no i i I totally get what you're saying because sometimes it's like man i'm gonna risk injury but it might be worth it but it might not be yeah i mean dude i like i like like sanction is spin kick music and I don't think my knees can handle that many more spin kicks. Oh man, I know. Just thinking about like, I love sanction. But like to like listen to it and like really know it, I'm like, fuck dude, like I have really clipped some kids in the head spin kicking to the sanction. I don't know how many times I can do that before my knee gives out again. So I don't know how how healthy it is for me to really, you know, love this band. <laughs> but with the advancement of technology uh, they could be able to reconstruct your knee a lot easier by the time you actually mess it up again. Yeah, I'm, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it won't be as bad. Yeah, everybody can dream, you know. Um. Okay. Well, since we're on the topic of hardcore, um, it's no secret you uh, sing uh, in some awesome bands. I have to ask you about uh, Inclination. Uh, you guys were announced to play on uh, that Knock Loose uh, show uh, September 2nd uh, with Incendiary, MH Chaos, and Lurk. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, it, it sold out, which is awesome. I, I'm so happy to see those dates sell out because obviously um, kids are so stoked to see all those bands and especially Knock Loose being as big as they are. 
Yeah, I uh, I mean, we so they that that's the first day of their tour was the second day, that Friday or whatever, of, mm-hmm. uh, and that sold out immediately. And because that's the first day of the tour, they were all like, "Well, fuck, you know, let's just do another Chicago show." Because I think it sold out like in like an insanely short amount of time the for the fucking metro or whatever so they so that that tour is like the magnitude karma um gate creeper tour or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think one step is playing yes um that second show and i'm trying to think if there's anybody else playing is like mh chaos playing or something they're playing on your day they're playing on my day okay Um, I feel like there's another band playing the the other day, or maybe I'm just because of the tour. I think it might just be the tour package. Yeah, yeah I think it's just the tour package. One step closer. Yeah. Plus one step closer. Yeah. Um, which, dude, new one step closer song. Dude, great. Everything band. I like about the band. Yeah, they, they like it, it seems, does everything. Yeah, I feel, I feel like they're like just also talented at, at this point. They just haven't like missed, and I, I just love everything that they do. Yeah, dude, they're phenomenal. I listened to your interview with Ryan the other day, and I, I got to text them afterwards, mm-hmm. being uh, being like, "Fuck, dude, I can't wait to like hang out and fucking get to stage dive to your band again and, and go crazy." Like he was he was trying to like he at one point he was like, "Yo, do you because I was talking, I was like, oh, I fucking can't wait to hear this new song, but I want to finish this interview before I listen to it." And then I was texting him, he's like, "Yo, do you just want to hear the record?" And I was like, "No, I can wait to hear with everybody else." And I also pre-ordered it, so. Well, uh, I'll hear it on vinyl, you know, yeah. the way it's supposed to be heard um, soon enough, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so th- that that show sold out so fast. They were like, fuck, I guess we'll just do it at the second show. And then it came, you know, became like, well, you think Inclination can play? I had no idea who else was playing. And then when it got announced, I was kind of hoping Mind Force would play because I haven't gotten to see Mind Force since uh, – having a functioning knee, mm-hmm. but I will fucking settle for Incendiary. <laughs> they're dude. They're one of those rare bands and they always bring it, dude. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, I, I remember when those splits were coming out, like back in like the tw- early, like 20, 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was like, I've been in the bag for Incendiary since like Crusade and that first uh, like three song thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mostly because I, I saw there was like a, a backtrack record release for Deal with the Devil, and there was a shirt of the lineup for that show that one of my that uh, Jim Barron had uh, from Two Witnesses, and I saw the band name Incendiary on that shirt, and I was like, that's a cool band name. I need to look check that out. And I, so I literally checked them out because of them being on a shirt for a show that they played, um, just because I thought the band name was cool. Um, so I like, I mean, and then I remember like, uh, like, uh, God's country or whatever that like the suburban scum split coming out mm-hmm. and just being like, this might be the best hardcore band I've ever heard. Like, this is like some like carry on level of like production on like a band. Like I can hear, I can understand what he's saying. I can hear every instrument i can hear every cymbal hit i can hear every single aspect of this music i'm so jealous that i will never record anything that sounds good <laughs> um but uh so yeah i'm really stoked for that um i say mh chaos fucking crushed it at fya so i'm excited to see them again um and uh have you dude have you heard the new lurk song i have not Dude, so uh, I really liked that Pressure Points EP they put out during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that has like a really surprisingly sick My Bloody Valentine cover on it. Like for a band that's doing like a like a funky like Devo punk like. I mean, they were like the first time we played with them in Chicago for the Spine record release. I was like, holy shit, this kid sounds like Jello Biafra. And as a kid who was like fucking, you know, fresh fruit for writing vegetables was like one of the first like punk records I was given as like a child before I really knew what hardcore and punk was. I was like super there for what Lurk was doing at first. And then when they dropped that Electroshock EP, I was like, oh, cool. They're doing like a Devo thing now. That's a, that's an interesting transition, but definitely works. And then uh, I heard that pressure points thing and I was like, oh, this is kind of the same thing, but holy shit. Like they're doing like acoustic songs on this. They're like not boring. <laughs> and like homeboy can like kind of sing, like this is sick. Um, the new, the new thing, it's called like crack a smile or something. It's got like that, that's like that song and then that pressure point song like i guess maybe this is gonna be part of a new record or something that crack a smile song is the catchiest punk song i've heard in a while i definitely got to check it out because yeah, i'm interested you have to check it out dude it is so catchy i honestly i had to look up i thought it might be a cover at first it, oh it was that good it was that good i was like are they covering something like because this sounds like i also think the riff is very similar to something i've heard before but it's something, but it's just because it's so catchy that it definitely sounds like something I've heard before because it is so catchy. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited uh, to see them. The last time they played Louisville, it was, the show was kind of shot. It was like right after Electroshock it came out. Uh, they were on tour with that modern color band mm -hmm. and uh, no one was really like moving around at a show like that. And I was kind of bummed because I was like, fuck, I like didn't fucking mosh or move around at all for Lurk when we played with them in Chicago because I didn't even know who they were. And like this show, I like if I'm to move, I might be the only person moving, <laughs> which at 30 years old, I cannot be that. <laughs> yeah. And also, the, I can be a lot of things. Can't be the lone mosher. <laughs> that, that gets a little awkward too sometimes because you're, because like you, you, you don't want to let it bother you, but then it's just like, damn, I feel kind of weird. I'm the only one or like, you know, moshing everybody's just standing around but i'm just like dude like yeah like, that's that's a young man's game being the lone mosher is a young man's game yeah but w w when i'm in those situations i was like how is nobody feeling it like i am right now yeah. no i was fucking stunned i was stunned because they sounded amazing mm -hmm. they sounded amazing in finales which is a fucking feat it is a fucking feat to sound that good in that room because that room though awesome for shows not great for sound <laughs> No, I know how that is. Sometimes there's some like you know cool spaces, but the the acoustics aren't right, or the they need a new PA system or something. It's just like yeah. Um, but yeah, we're uh, I'm excited for that show. Uh, Constraint actually has our first show back, um, the end of this month on July 30th, with uh, our drummer Seth has like a new band called Hurts to Lose. I don't think they've recorded anything yet, and um, uh. Um, Three Poisons, which is uh, Ryan, who pl plays in Constraint, and Dustin, who plays in Constraint. They do a. Uh, it's like it's. It was like kind of like a like in the vein of like pulling teeth, like faster, like like metally, like chaotic kind of shit. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a singer, but now their singer, like their singer, essentially just went MIA for nine months. And uh, so now they all are sharing singing. <laughs>
That's interesting. And uh, just not having a, a front man. So, uh, um, but yeah, we're doing like an outdoor show um, to get back into the groove of things. And um, actually, it's going to get announced soon. Um, but Inclination, I'm booking End It and Shackled for their tour. Ooh, nice. Two great bands. Oh, dude. That End It record, man. Hmm. Five minutes and 30 seconds just seems just to go by so fast on that record. It is so good. <laughs> I was doing it like three times yesterday while I was jump roping. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, and Shackled is sick. Shackled is, um, Shackled is, uh, one of my regrets because there was a point in time when I probably could have, uh, could have talked them into letting me do a record for him. But now, uh, Carter definitely has them locked down. Yeah. Which, uh, good for him. He was, uh, he was right to jump on them and I should have it. This is hardcore three years ago. <laughs> but, uh, was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll message him and then just forgot for a while. And I, they played here once with Life's Question uh, and sounded fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we played with them in uh, Long Island and they just they sounded just like no warning. <laughs> yeah, but they're super sick. I, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing their, their new record that they recorded a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, uh, are they, are they, is, is it going to be a 7-inch or a full-length on From Within? If I'm being honest, I have no idea because I, I was talking to... Uh, Wyatt, the, the guy that they recorded with, and um, I, I didn't uh, ask for too many details because I don't want to. I didn't want to pry. I was like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just wait till they announce it. I, I don't need to go digging. That's cool. Whatever they do next is going to sound really good because the that I mean that um record with the lighthouse on a rubber that record sounds good and that that's been out for a while. So yeah, whatever they do next, they're going to be able to make it sound even better than that, and that should already sounded sick. Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to be, um, that show that ended shackled show is going to be two witnesses first show. Um, and, uh, and inclination is going to play. So oh, that's it awesome. should be fun. <laughs> yeah. That'll be our first show back. I told Isaac, I was like, yo, I was like, it'd be really sick if we could play the show because I might not lose money if we play because enough kids might come that, uh, because I was like at least 50, you know, 40, 50 kids will come for end it and shackled mm-hmm. and two witnesses. I feel like, which means I'll only lose like 200 bucks. Um, but if inclination plays, then maybe I can not lose any money and actually pay the bands more, um, than, uh, than I was going to originally plan on paying them and losing money. <laughs> um, and I also told Isaac, I was like, it would also be really sick if our first show back wasn't in front of 1000 people. Yeah. You just get those jitters out of the way. <laughs> cause I might throw up cause dude, the whole preceding to, uh, sound and fury, I remember I was like pacing around the venue for like maybe like the whole hour. I couldn't stand still. Like I, I even like I was up there like watching a Kulu for a second before we played and they were playing at the same time as us. Mm-hmm. Like I went up and watched like a snippet of a Kulu and then went down because I just, if I stood too long somewhere, I started like literally like feeling like my skin was like shaking. Cause I was so fucking nervous and I kept just like walking around and like sitting and standing with people. And then I would just like get jittery and have to walk away and like go somewhere else. That's so a, I was like, that's interesting. To I hear. was like full on panic. I, I remember when I went to go introduce myself to you at Santa Fury and you, you didn't seem very friendly. I was like, Oh, this guy, I don't think he likes me. <laughs> was, that was the day we played. Wasn't it? Yeah. 
Was and, that um, were we downstairs at that point? Um, well, I, I ran into you in the basement where like where all the merch was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember when you walked up, I was uh, I I was standing, I was talking with my friend Jimmy, um, and um, like legitimately, I was not present for any of that. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. And like, yeah. I remember, I remember seeing you at FYA and talking to you at FYA. Uh huh. I have almost no really recollection of seeing you at Sunday's period because I was not present for any of that time because my brain was literally like, I was like three hours in the future panicking that's, the whole, like, the whole three hours before I set. That's crazy. Yeah. Cause I, I honestly walked away. I was like, I don't think he actually likes me. And I probably shouldn't have introduced myself. Cause I was just like, maybe he just threw no, me a no, bone. No, 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 no. Uh, Cause I was, I was having a fucking moment. Okay. I was having a moment for three hours. Before. That makes so much sense. And now I view that interaction way different. Yeah, no, like legitimately, like I need it. Like I was, I was talking to my friend Jimmy and he was really like pulling me out of the, out of the present. And then you walked over and said hi, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm here because inclinations." Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like this whole like moment where I like came back to reality. I was like, "Oh fuck no!" I was like, "Please, reality, go away for a second. I can't, I can't handle this shit right now." That's so crazy. But you guys killed it, man. Like, I, I thought you guys did awesome that year. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was really fun. Um, it was really fun after we played. Because, <laughs> man, I legitimately, I couldn't, the only person I could tell you, I know uh, Line of Sight played mm-hmm. before us, and Akulu played before us, and I know Akulu played before us because Akulu was playing during us. And I know Drain was the, fir- was the last person on stage before us, which was also very frustrating. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's that was insane. So many kids went off. It was the craziest fucking thing it was so nuts like i was watching that shit and i remember like when we were when i walked up on the stage i was like oh shit there's still a boogie board here oh yeah that's right because drain just played the best set of the day nice yeah and th- that was a um, that was a moment too because uh for drain to play sound for the first time and obviously like so many kids love that band so people definitely wanted to kind of show everybody that wasn't from the area like yo this is like the band to fuck with like that's why it was just like so insane oh yeah they uh they definitely did um oh well shit we've been uh we've been talking for almost two and a half hours now which is what we do i guess yeah um uh were there any more black widow things you wanted to go over before we jump off uh yes um overall black widow uh Go go watch it. Um, I, 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 um, even though I don't think she deserved her her own solo film, I think it was good enough um, for people for me to tell people to go watch it. I won't try to um, steer them away from it. So um, overall, um, in the end, it, it was a positive experience. I think she did deserve her own movie. I I put Black Widow in the same uh, in the same tier as uh, first Doctor Strange movie. Oh, um, I. Uh, I feel like that's, I feel like it's in a similar tier as like Guardians 2. Okay. Not as good as the first one, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's still, it's still worth it. Um, I feel like it's, uh, it's just as good as, I feel like, I mean, it's better than Iron Man 2. Yeah. 
Um, and I like Iron Man too. Same so here. Iron Man too. There's that Elon Musk I cameo. Mickey, I, I thought Mickey Rourke was fantastic. Yeah, he's, and he's a, like the big complaint. He's a great actor. I, I just think he looked menacing. Yeah, he looked. You know, I felt he, he he played that part perfect. Yeah, he just looked terrifying. That was that, that's what they hired him to do. They didn't they, like if if he wasn't a a good villain, it's because of the writing. It's not because of Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And also fucking um goddamn it, I always blank on his name, but the dude who played Justin Hammer. Um, oh, I yeah. He's in so many God, he's in so many things and I can never fucking he's in that three billboards movie, which I still haven't seen either, but I hear is amazing. Uh I feel like he won something for that. But um but yeah, no, I, I definitely I, I feel like I mean Black Widow's not uh it's not it's not first tier, it's not second tier, it's at least third tier Marvel movie. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I would. I would. Uh, if there, if there were five tiers, Black Widow's in the third. It, it's and not the only movie I think in the fifth tier is Thor: Dark World. Dark World, yeah, yeah. no, for sure. It's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I'm I, I'm you know, even though I don't think she yeah, will, deserved it, I'm, I go will, watch it. I will say also, phenomenal job with the trailers. Total misdirection for the movie. Yeah, I, I did, it wasn't something that I'm like, oh, I know this is going to happen because I saw it in the trailer. So I was like, oh, you know, watching the trailers yeah, didn't like really ruin it for me. When things were happening, when when the the prison thing was happening, I was like, hmm, totally thought this was going to be the last action sequence of the movie. I was wrong about that. It's yeah. about a third of the way in. Yeah, pretty early on. So yeah, I uh, I definitely, I mean, they definitely nailed that again. Marvel always nails the trailer misdirection, which I always appreciate because I hate knowing and everything that's going to happen in a movie based on the first trailer I see. Yeah, that that's me with the, the latest Halloween trailer. I was like, I feel like I just watched the whole movie. Oh, dude, I haven't watched it yet, but I also didn't see the last Halloween and I heard it was awesome. It was great. You should you should definitely um, when you have time check it out. It, it, it's it's fun. Yeah, I want to watch Halloween 1 and 2 and then watch the new Halloween because okay. I know the other ones none of the other ones matter anymore. Yeah, they they like write them off. Like, yeah, just this is this but is I the do next one. I want to watch Halloween 3 cuz I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And I know that's the weird one. Yeah, season of the witch. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, another mistake uh, did like a uh, like our record release cover for, or no, no, it was our pre order cover for the Lives for Lust record when it first came out was a season of the witch cover, and I always felt like a poser because I'd never seen the movie. <laughs> well, so I feel like I should do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. They they, they do pay like um or they, they showed a little love in the the, the new Halloween trailer, so it, it's actually pretty awesome. Four season of the witch. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's neat. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely, um, I definitely want to, uh, want to, want to watch that, but I want to, I want to get a refresher on the first two Halloween before I jump into something like that. Um, well dude, uh, I say I'll talk to you soon cause I will definitely have to text whenever the last episode of Loki rolls. Yes. Okay. Wait, two, two quick things before you go. What's up? Can we expect a new inclination record soon? We're definitely going to record it this year. I don't know when it's going to come out. There will be a couple inclination songs coming out this year, though. Oh, where? Can, um, can you say? Uh, a couple comps. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I think people can get get an idea based just off that. Okay, awesome. Um, and Constrain will have a comp song coming out. And actually, so there there is something I'm doing still that is actually happening now that's uh, that I'm kind of keeping close to the chest, but I'll uh, I'll email you. 
uh, a thing to hear just, just so you can hear it. But uh, okay, I, I, so far Ryan from One Step and Sal from Koyo and like the few people I interact with around Louisville are the only people who've heard it. And I'm hearing I'm hearing things that make me feel way less self conscious about it. So uh, I'll I'll shoot it to you and you can see. Uh, All right, thank you. See, see what's going on. Okay, and last thing, uh, should we do this again after Shang-Chi comes out? Oh, dude, I'm down to do this anytime one of these things drops if you if you want to. Okay. This is, this is fun. It's fun to talk about stuff that isn't just hardcore. 100%. And then we also talk about hardcore. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's uh, hard to avoid. But, okay, l- yeah. l- let's plan for after Shang-Chi, but if something comes up before, um, we'll just go with it. Awesome. That sounds good. Jamie, dude, it's so good talking to you, man. Dude, same here. I I, I was so stoked to, to do this podcast and I'm so happy that we were able to do it. And yeah, talking to you is always a good time. So I, I, I appreciate you. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, uh, I say I appreciate you. And I, uh, I definitely think like everybody you've had on recently, I mean, you talk to all my friends, so it's really, it's really fun at work sometimes to listen to you talk to one of my friends. And I feel like I just like hung out. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, with, I, with, with my with my guys for a minute. It's hell like, yeah! I, I I appreciate you listening. It means a lot. Yeah, dude, definitely keep it up. All right. Well, seriously, thank you for coming back on. Thank you for everybody who tuned in, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>